How scary is it quitting when you're 41 years old? Honestly, real estate investing changed my life. At that point, when I quit, I was actually making more from my rentals than I was making on my W-2. When I got into like some of these coaching programs with different rooms, it's just having conversations with guys like yourself. It's almost like this intangible thing that happens to change like who you are and it levels kind of like you up as a person. The best way I can simplify this to people, and this might be the most important thing I say all podcasts, so listen up. This part's gonna really help you guys figure out how to navigate the different stages. The first thing is... What's up, Wealth Builders? Today, I have got a guy from Hawaii doing over a million dollars a year flipping houses. But on top of that, I think he has a relatable story to many of you. He actually was a W-2 guy for a long time in software, ended up becoming financially free after just three years quitting his job. And um, he's actually one of my only one-on-one students I have. Um, I don't take a ton of them. And so, you know, I'm very picky with the guys I want. And, um, you know, I've, I've come to really enjoy um, coaching and then developing friendship and everything else with this guy. He literally takes everything I say and just applies it and is just so great. And along with that, he's grown a following over a, over 100,000 people. And so I got none other than Daniel Kong. What's up, man? What's up, man? Thanks for welcoming me, uh, having me on the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Now we just finished uh, a long conversation about mm-hmm. your business. What has been your biggest takeaway? Because you tell me things that yeah. like make me think of, yeah. man, oh, I didn't even know that that's something that's helping. You know, I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. I think when I originally, like when we were considering whether or not to sign up for the the one-one coaching, obviously it's a big expense or a yeah. hundred grand for like 12 one-hour coaching sessions with you, yeah. right? So when we were talking about it, we were like, hey, what are our goals? And this is kind of aligned or not. And so we were thinking we have some big goals for our team and our company. And if you can get us to our goals faster it's worth way more than a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So like if we made like a million and a half last year, yeah. maybe like in like five years, our goal is let's get to like 10 million. Right. So if you can cut that time to get to the 10 million in from five years to like two years it's well worth way more than a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. So yeah. that's kind of how we justified it in the very beginning. And so that's kind of the mindset I've had when I first started the coaching calls, but since kind of having it, it's kind of been an unexpected things that have happened that I didn't like expect. I think a few things were like limiting beliefs where the crazy thing about limiting beliefs is you don't realize you have them until they're broken. And so I had like a certain things in my mind of what I thought was possible and what I'd like, I think I could accomplish. But after hearing you say like, dude, like you're thinking too small, you can do this. If somebody else told me that, like I wouldn't have, have taken it too hard, but because you're telling me this and you've been there, I'm like, I genuinely believe that I can do more than I could before, you know? So just, mm-hmm. and then just like helping us to solve problems that we didn't think were, I didn't even know were a problem when we were, we we're kind of coming in where you kind of see things from like a slightly three or four steps ahead of where we are. It just, it's been really helpful to kind of, Number one, like help us avoid those pitfalls, but also help to kind of take our business to like to the next level. Yeah, no, I love it, dude. You know what's cool? We were just talking about um, the types of people. Yeah. Right. So it's like there's a I basically created this grid for my sales team. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like one side is, hey, you're either broke or, you know, you're qualified, Uh you know, uh and then there's the you're either arrogant or humble. Yeah. Okay. And I go, so, you know, the qualified humble person is like the easiest person to coach, to sell, mm-hmm. to do anything with. Those are the people you want to work with. Yeah. yeah. And um, you're obviously in that category, right? I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And then there's like um, the qualified but arrogant people. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think they got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. So they think they don't need help. You know, those people obviously need help. Everyone needs help. But, you know, getting them to see that they yeah, need help yeah. is, is, is a battle. Um, then you have people who are broke and humble. Mm-hmm, and so it's like for mm-hmm. them. They know they need help. They yeah. just don't know how to like get money or get started or yeah, whatever, yeah. right? So with them, it's just helping them figure out 
how to go be resourceful and creative and everything. And then you got broke and arrogant people who is <laughs> kind of there's not to be honest with you. When I first started, I was, I was the broken, arrogant person yeah. where I was like, when I, when I first started, I was like, hey, all the information is free. It's in books. It's in podcasts. Why do I need to pay for coaching? And yeah, so yeah. I think I grew up like in the bigger pockets coach. I mean, like the Culture. world where, yeah. and then in the, that, I guess, arena or farm, the farms, they're like super anti-coaching. I think there's a lot of people who are kind of selling coaching, but then they, the coaching was like terrible. And so like they pay a whole lot of money, but wouldn't get a lot of value. And so I think when I first started, I was like super anti-coaching. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm just going to figure this thing out myself. And I think I had some success back then just kind of figuring out what you said, which you can. And what year was that? When you that first was 2019. 2019. So, 2019. so had some success just from reading books and just trying to like figure things out from forums and just talking to other local investors. But at a certain point, I saw some other guys who were getting coaching and I saw their careers or their investing career just kind of skyrocket. And so I thought, hey, like there maybe there's something actually to this coaching thing. Maybe I've just kind of been like um, just not like taking advantage of the different opportunities that are available. And so I started, I joined some coaching programs and what I realized was the thing about coaching is there's getting around the right, in the right rooms or listening to the, like the right mentors. It's, it's hard to put into words, like how, like how it changes who you are. And so I just, when I got into like some of these coaching programs with different rooms, it's just having conversations with guys like yourself or just having like being around the the things that are happening. It's almost like this intangible thing that happens to change like who you are and it levels kind of like you up as a person. It's like, it's really hard to explain. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it just, you, you get exposed to different ways of thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to your point, one of the big things is thinking bigger. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's not even thinking about how to solve a problem more creatively. Like mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. good when you have like a individual type of problem. Mm-hmm, like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going through this. What do you think I should do? Here's yeah. what I'm thinking of doing. Do you agree? Would you mm-hmm. do it different? And like you've come to me with a lot of those. Yeah. And yeah. most of the time I don't agree. <laughs> I'm like, hey. Wait, wait, that's which is a funny thing. So yeah. like, you know, our first call. Like we we're doing pretty good, right? We we're doing seven figures in Hawaii. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Here, Ryan. Here's my plan. Here's my team. Here, like, tell me what you think." And you're like, "Dude, your 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 operation sucks, right?" <laughs> and so I was like, and basically, I was like, "And, and you're taking first it back call. because, like, the I mean, like, it's a uh, at first you're like, dude, like you're you're doing it terribly. Like this, here's all the, the problems, and only someone like like you could tell me that, you know." And yeah. so. After the call, I was like, wow, like my opportunity really does suck. And there's just so much room for improvement. Yeah. But the thing was like, it's really helpful because if you told me, Daniel, you're doing great. Like you don't need to change anything. That would have been a waste of like my time too. Right. So yeah, like, yeah. it's really helpful for you to just tell me, dude, like your opportunity sucks. And if my peers told me that, I'd be like, you don't Bro, know what you you're talking about. Yeah. You don't know. <laughs> or people, but because you're telling me that's so okay. Maybe there's something to the advice that you're actually giving me. Yeah. So. No, hundred percent. And uh, I, I enjoy it because like I said, I enjoy coaching you know, humble people who mm-hmm. are actually, you know, already making moves. Cause it's mm-hmm. like those types of people are just like a few tweaks mm-hmm. away. It's not like, you know, when somebody's getting started in anything, it's very difficult, right? Because yeah, you don't yeah. know anything. Mm-hmm. You're usually low on money. You- There's a huge gap to overcome. Just if you just by reading books and listening to podcasts, you don't need coaching for that first, very first section, unless I mean like the, the foundational stuff, right? Yeah. How to like, how to find a deal or how to like yeah. do EMD or whatever. And yeah. So- but even that stuff, it's like people can't even, I've I've made plenty of videos mm-hmm, yet. One percent of people actually will do something with yeah, it, right? Yeah. So, anyways, like I, I I was never a fan of coaching like newbies. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a fan of teaching newbies, mm-hmm. but dude, I am not gonna be like, did you make your offers today? Yeah, like I've never I'm never gonna be that guy. But you know, I think with with a guy like you, what I have learned coaching you is that, um, man, it just makes me remember back 
like when I was doing that and Mm -hmm. the ideas and thoughts I had. And, um, you know, it reminds me of like how far things have come and just like a short amount of time. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I remember when I used to do that too. Here's how you're actually going to do it. And then Mm -hmm. I'm like, but it took me years to realize this was the right way. And then I'm like telling you instantly. And I'm like, man, dude, that's crazy when you can start to learn from other people. And I myself like am the recipient of that from other people too. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. everything that I use to fast track is because I've Mm -hmm. learned from somebody who was further along. So, you know, basically you're always learning. I mean, it's, it's cut to your point. I think, You've kind of paved the way in a lot of ways of what who we, who I am and who our company is right now. Because I think back in the day there wasn't anybody who was doing faith and also investing like on a, on a high level. And so I just thought that you can't mix like your faith with business, and that's just that's my belief. But then I see you doing it. I was like in a unsuccessfully. I was like, wow, if Ryan's doing it, then maybe I can, you know. And so even the wealth kind that you guys put on, I know you started with like thirty people, then you went to hundred, now you got a thousand plus. You've kind of broken my like my you kind of like went first and now I feel like, okay, now we can actually put on a wealth con in a few years in Hawaii, just doing the exact same kind of following in your footsteps of what you've already done. And so like, I think you give the example, like the four minute mile, right? Whereas nobody thought you could do the four minute mile until one guy did the four minute mile. And then after the guy, one guy did it, everybody's doing the four minute mile. Right. So yeah, you're kind of paving the way. And so these coaching calls and just kind of seeing your progression has kind of allowed us to dream bigger or believe that we can do things that we wouldn't have, have thought before that. Yeah. I think there's, um, the, and you know, I, I didn't have an agenda going into this podcast just mm-hmm. so everyone knows. Uh, it's just one thing I've never really talked about on this podcast is the process of being coached and yeah. why some people succeed when they're being coached mm-hmm. or not. And so, you know, I think being humble and, and, and mm-hmm. able to receive information mm-hmm. is super important, which obviously you are. Um, now, granted, I will say this to not just like make either of us look like saints. There are things I've told you 20 times yeah, yeah. before they finally clicked. Mm-hmm. And I'm no different. Right. People told me for years, dude, Ryan, you should make a YouTube channel. I'm like, no, that's mm-hmm. stupid. Right. And like, finally, it clicked years yeah, later. Yeah. And for instance, you're talking about this Hawaii event and you're like, mm-hmm. hey, dude, you know what? You came in here today. You're like, I'm going to go all in on, you know, creating events in Hawaii mm-hmm. and meetups. Like, I understand now the value of like having your own stage of, you know, being able to bring people in and like give them a stage and Mm -hmm. an opportunity too. I'm like, Daniel, I told you that six months ago. Like, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, I, mean, I mean, it's weird because like, just like you hear it once, right? And you're like, you kind of push it out to the side. Just like the the Legos are just not, the pieces are just not connecting. But at a certain point, this, I don't know what it is. Like, I think we're going to the past wealth con and seeing a few like small things where like, wow, like like a lot of like the success from having a stage is actually from like from WealthCon and these other things. And so it was just, it took kind of like a, actually seen it in person to, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what clicked, but just say it was a, there was an aha moment during WealthCon where I was like, wow, this stage actually is important. So all this time that you've been telling me to start a meetup, actually, it actually does make sense, you know, so. Let's pause real quick. We just launched something new that I'm really excited about, which is our text hotline. It is now easier than ever to get in touch with myself, and my team. If you've ever been thinking about working with us in any way, whether it's through real estate investing, learning how to create content, or scaling your business, we wanna help you out. And it's super simple. All you gotta do is just text 725-444-5244. If you text that number, my team is gonna get in touch with you right away. And I, in fact, 
might be responding to some of those texts as we get the system just built out and rolling. We can answer any of your questions for getting you help, telling you about our different programs, different events we've got coming up, different resources that we have that can help you. It's going to be epic. So just text us at 725-444-5244 and somebody will respond to you and get you help right now. Yeah, it's just I I think people need to hear that because even the best people, right? Mm -hmm, There are mm -hmm. times where they hear something and it clicks right away. Yeah, yeah. And then there are times, dude, they just, for whatever, their mind wasn't ready for it. Maybe their business, they had other more pressing problems and things to solve than that specific thing right there. And that's actually what we were talking about today in the the one-on-one was like understanding that you know, if something just keeps getting pushed off to the side, yeah, yeah. it's obviously not a priority, yeah. right? And it doesn't mean that it's not important. It's mm-hmm. just like, clearly, it's not a priority because there's always just things popping up. And yet, when we choose to do those things instead of this thing that maybe has been sitting on our plate for months yeah. or a while, you're like, I'm going to write that book. I'm going to create that podcast. I'm going to hire that person. And, you know, you haven't done it for however long. The, the problem, I think, is there's so many things I want to do as an entrepreneur, right? I want to write a book. I want to get into multifamily. I want to blow up my social media. I want to start meetup events. I want to make money flipping. But yep. it's always like I have these great ideas that they're like, for instance, like social media, it pays off in the long term. But while it's while it's um, while I'm working on it, I'm investing all this time, energy and money and getting zero money back. But in my flipping, if I stop investing in this guy, now I'm not going to make money for today. So it's like this this constant balance or this constant decision making of should I put more money, time energy into the thing that's making me money today but might not be it's not as important long term whereas like the social media war is important long term but i'm not getting any money today so just that the constant kind of struggle of where should i put my time and energy yeah and you're always going to be battling between long-term and Mm short-term gain Mm -hmm. now as we were talking about before this the best is when you can do actions that are both long-term and short-term yeah right so i was giving an example like um on Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, we were really going all in on building out just a massive, the best of the best sales team. That's my goal in the next 90 to 180 days or the year just depends how long it takes. Right. And we literally spent five hours training them and I've never spent five hours training the sales team. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't train them all five. Brian Davila trained them for the majority. I, I hung out there for like two hours and changed their mindset, hyped yeah. them up and, you know, talked about why, you know, like the first step is product, just knowing and understanding the product. How can you sell if you don't know the thing you're selling? Yeah. Yeah. And having learning to have conviction behind it. Um, I think so, a, a big yeah. part of the selling, I think is just having conviction. I think when you're like, when, so when we're talking to these homeowners, I think at a certain point there uh, something clicked for me, whether or not like we we're actually doing them a good, doing a good deed. I think because right. when you first start, you're like, you're trying to buy these things on pennies on the dollar. Yeah. So you think like, <laughs> dude, like, am I just trying to rip somebody off or just trying to get their house for really cheap? Right. Yeah, but yeah. then at a certain point we, we started going with this three prong approach where we give them three offers. One is, hey, here's what it would look like if you were to listen with a realtor. You get like the most amount of money. Here's what it would look like, the time involved, those different kinds of things, right? So that's one option. The second option is here's a cash offer. It's like the easy button. It's like going to be the lowest offer, but it's kind of like going to be like the 
it's like you don't have to think about it. It'll be like the two weeks to get cash for your uh, your house, and it, you can walk away that on that date. And the third one is a creative offer where we can say, like, hey, here's something in between where we can give you a little bit more money, but now we can structure it creatively to you can stay in the house for six months after, or we can make you payments over the time, or different kinds of things. And then once we kind of start going with the three prong approach. It's crazy that I see people like, hey, if you go, if you listen with a realtor, you'll get $700,000. It's just going to take a couple of months for you to do it. If you, if we buy cash, we can only pay 500, but then it'll be like the easiest thing for you to do. But once we give them the option, a lot of people are like, I don't care about like the extra money. I just want the cash and make it the easiest, easiest thing possible. And so when I saw people actually choosing the cash offer when they had the realtor, option in front of them, I was like, wow, we're actually solving a problem and providing a service to these people for a need or something that that they really need, you know? And so Yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I think in any business, mm-hmm. um, I learned this early on when I was living couches. Mm-hmm. You know, people would sell me a five thousand dollar couch for a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know? And I, and I remember when I was buying the couch, I'm like, dude, I cannot believe this person's just basically giving me this couch yeah, for nothing. Yeah. Like I feel like I just pulled a pulled one on them. But you got to remember, those people are like, bro, get this couch out of my house. <laughs> I got a new $10,000 one coming in right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I do not care. I do not. It doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. Could they have sold it themselves and went through all the headache and mm-hmm. maybe sold it for a grand or two? For sure. But it mm-hmm. just they don't care. And I've become that way in many things I do in my life now where I'm just like, bro, I, I am not going to do this. Just I don't care. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And uh, yeah, a lot of people are like that with their houses and and anything, right? Like, you know, when you're buying a service, right, mm-hmm. you're you're paying for value, and value is generated in many different ways. It could be from price, you know, of like, yo, this is just so cheap relative yeah, to yeah. the competition. It could be from just like quality. Hey, you know, the quality of this table is way better than an IKEA table. Yeah, yeah. you know, it could be from speed. You know what? I don't have two months to get this thing done. I mm. need it. I need the money today. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. It could be from just the, um, you know, uh, like the level of service. Like, dude, that they were just the most friendly. Like they, yeah, everything yeah. was white glove. Like they took care of me. Yeah. I paid way more for them to do that, but I'd pay it 10 times over because yeah, of yeah. the quality of service. Or, you know, it could just be something as simple as, uh, you know, catering to whatever their needs were. Yeah, right. So yeah, it's like yeah. with a homeowner, dude, I need a rent back. I need X, Y, Z. And it's like, all right, you know what? We're willing to get creative with you to get you something that's perfect for you. You know, custom. Yeah. 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 And, um, People just get too caught up thinking it's only about the money. Yeah, because you, you always put yourself in that person's shoes. Like, if I was them, I wouldn't do this, right? And so it's hard to see, like, the because I was like, I would not sell my house for a discount because yeah. I could just list it with a realtor, right? So, but then, like, when you take a step back and see that, like, the everybody is going to have different, like, views of the world, what's important to them, then you can, like, actually give them options with conviction. And then the, I think that's the big thing we talked about where when you're selling and believing, like, here's the options for you. And, like, at this, the cheapest price might not always be, like, the, the best option for me, but it might be the best option for them. It helps you to actually sell with more conviction, right? So. Yeah. And I was telling um, on like the other end of the spectrum, I remember mm-hmm. one of my friends was buying a house for himself and this yeah. guy's a house flipper. So he's just used to getting great deals. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he was like, dude, I really like this house, but dude, like they're not budging. It's mm-hmm. not a deal. Like I'd be paying market value yeah. and everything else. And I was like, well, you're going to raise your family in it and you're going to be living in mm-hmm. for, you know, how many years? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, okay. At least five years. Well, bro, let me ask you a question. Okay. Would you rather live in this house the next five years, have the safety of your family, mm-hmm. 
the the ease of your mind, the yeah, enjoyment, yeah. you know, knowing you can go walk to the park and have this big backyard and all these things. What is the value of that? And how much more do you think your business will make the next five years? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. in a place where you're comfortable and safe yeah, and where you yeah. want to be. So think about that. And I go, and then I'll give you another scenario. You go just buy a random good deal and maybe you have a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars of equity. Okay. But it's not an area that you want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still okay, but it's not like this, not your dream. Yeah. Over the next five years, yeah, you got an extra hundred, two hundred thousand dollars in equity, but which one's gonna win? And he was like, I never thought of it. Like I was just so caught up on getting a deal, because that's how I think. But yeah, you're right, dude. It's not worth a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. For me, the next five years, I, I, I way rather live over here. And in mm-hmm. fact, in five years, that house is going to appreciate way more than this yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually going to still make more in the long run. And I go exactly. It's funny. I had a, a similar conversation with another buddy of mine. He's kind of like an up and coming investor, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta find a house hack. I want to live in a house hack because I want to like, you know, that typical." <laughs> Everyone thing. tells like, me I should live in a house hack. Yeah. And so, well, <laughs> you buy one, you rent that to others, so you save on mortgage, or whatever. But like, the advice was like, the dude is, is doing really well financially. He has a successful business. I'm like, dude, like the peace of mind that you're gonna get from just owning your own house as opposed to dealing with tenants and things, like <laughs> yeah. the value there of just. The, the monetary value that you save here is almost like you're, you're stepping over dollars to save pennies, right? Where like you're, you're trying to be very frugal on your house hack, but in actuality, if you just buy like a nicer house in a, in a nicer neighborhood, which you can afford, then just have like the, the peace of mind, the, the quality of life here, it'll supercharge your business where you'll make way more on this side, as opposed to trying to like just save a little bit on, on this side, right? So. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. And that's why like people just... You know, because like what the, the line of thinking that gets mm-hmm. you to a certain point in your life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. isn't the same line of thinking that will get you to the next. That's true. That's really true. Right. Because everybody, let's just say you're broke starting mm-hmm. out. Well, yeah, you're super frugal. You are house hacking. Yeah, you are yeah, yeah. doing whatever it takes to grind. Mm-hmm. So if you're broke watching this, you know, what I just told you doesn't apply mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as just go buy a market value home, your dream home. Mm-hmm. You ain't there yet. You haven't earned it. You're broke. Right. You need to be frugal. You need to grind it out. You need to do those things that are really hard. And then that will get you to a certain point. And you're going to be, you know, a much better person, more well off, Mm -hmm. everything. You're going to have skills. You're going to have perseverance and all these things. But then if you always keep that mentality, you will never grow beyond that. Right. Yeah. And I think you brought it up like growing up, learning from bigger pockets. I grew up learning from bigger pockets too. Mm -hmm. I I started in 2015 and um, yeah, I had the same mentality. You know, I was broke and I was like, I don't need to pay for nothing. And I was actually really successful. I probably flipped a hundred houses before I ever bought any education. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, bro, like what? Do, I was the ultimate arrogant yeah, well off yeah, because yeah. I was like, bro, I've accomplished all this without doing it. I wore it as a badge of honor. And then the moment I finally started paying for stuff, I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. So, you yeah, know, I was yeah. humbled by being around these other people who are way bigger mm-hmm. than me. I was also humbled for the fact that dang, I could have actually been way further Yeah, had yeah. I just done this. And then it just changed my mindset. But, you know, it took time and everything else. And I think it's just it's just a different part of growth. Wealth Builders, I'm so excited to announce the launch of Wealthy University. This is literally the best deal we've ever created. Imagine if you got calls with me and my team 
every single week where you can ask Q&A and get up-to-date information on what's working in my business and for other experts in the world. On top of that, what if you got access to all of our courses? And what if you got access to exclusive softwares like our CRMs in our community to go and do deals and make relationships? Well, if that sounds like something you want to be a part of, it's only $97 a month. I'm not kidding you. If you've joined any of our other programs, you know they're a lot more expensive than that. So to get access to our community for only $97 a month is absolutely insane, and it's so easy to sign up. All you gotta do is go to wealthyuniversity.com, and you could sign up today and get instant access to those calls, exclusive content like our WealthCon recordings or our workshop recordings, and so many other things in the community. So go check out Wealthy University today and get signed up. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, like to your point, I think there's like kind of levels that you're at where in the very very beginning, like saving that, that Starbucks or not going to that eating out, it makes a big difference in your percentage-wise in your income, right? But at a certain point, it's, so you got to look at what's your potential, what are your goals? And so if your goals are very small, like, hey, I just want to make $100,000 a year, then like just saving your way there, like, hey, when I retire, I just want to have like a million dollars in my bank account, whatever that is. It's very, if it's a very small amount, then you can kind of just save your way and just do the Dame's, Dame Ramsey method to kind of like reach that point, right? But if you have bigger goals or bigger dreams, that's where paying for coaching or paying for things where the investment is because you have like a, a bigger goal or bigger dream to, to kind of reach. And so I think it just matters on where your goals are and kind of like where you are in your this particular point in your life. Yeah, so. and, I, and I love that. And, you know, just to be clear for everyone listening, whether you join my stuff or not, I don't mm-hmm. really care. Like what I'm, what we're saying applies mm-hmm. to anyone, no matter what mm-hmm. stage you're at. And I think the big thing is, just getting clarity on where you want to go and how quickly you want to go there. Yeah. And then like following the person who aligns with you yeah, and yeah. how they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because somebody else is going to be like, well, I did it this way mm-hmm. and they ain't got kids. They, ain't, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. whatever. Right. Cause you're talking about yeah. faith and business. So it's like, bro, if you're trying to do this with faith, family, business mm-hmm. and everything, you're going to probably align with me. Yeah. And if you're like, wanting to go 80 hours a week and you want to, you know, stay single and you want to, you know, sleep around and party and you're not going to align with me. Like I would be like, bro, like I just, I'm going to pretty much tell you to change your whole lifestyle. (laughs) And like, you know, there's somebody else that can teach you how to make money Mm -hmm. in the way you want to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So I think alignment is super important with you know, choosing the path. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that really attracted us to you was because you're doing it. You're one of the few guys who are doing like what I consider like uh, the right way where you have like a family that you're prioritizing your family while you're building wealth. And I think I see a lot of guys who are like super successful, like Elon Musk or these other guys where like they'll work like a hundred hours a week, but then like their whole life is consumed by their business. And then I think like what I, from a business standpoint, I would love to change places with them. But from like a personal or family relationship side, I wouldn't want to be the, be these guys. But when I look at how you built your business and like your your life, I think you kind of have the balance where you've done it, where you have God as a priority and your family as a priority while being successful in business, which to me is very rare. And so that was one of the things that I think that helped us to kind of gravitate to want to have you as like a mentor or a coach inside of our business. No, and I appreciate that. And I look the same way when I'm hiring people, right? Mm-hmm. So like for me... I have one mentor that I listen to every single week. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my pastors. His name Mm -hmm. is Maddie. He's the head pastor at Wealthy Kingdom. So every day, Mm -hmm. every Wednesday at 6.30 a.m., Maddie and I talk on the phone without fail. And we've been doing that for like a year and a half. And, um, you know, for me, it's because I want to hear what he has to say, you know, Mm -hmm. just about things because he has an unbiased view. He has a 
different view than um, entrepreneurs and everything. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. a pastor, but he's yeah. also, you know, he used to be a lead singer in a very famous Christian band. So like he mm. understands dealing with fame. He understands, mm. you know, some of the nuances. And um, so he's able to look at me and just be like, yo, this is where you're screwing up. This is what you should be doing. The, you know, and I, I I just know it's 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 an alignment with where I want to go, yeah, right? And yeah, always keeping yeah. God the priority, my family the priority. And He's not going to let me get off track because, like, if I had a, you know, I don't know, just some rich guy, Elon Musk, right? Yeah, yeah. If yeah. Elon was my mentor, which, you know, I don't I don't even know what that would be like. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Even like I'm even thinking like, how would that even work? Um, the way he sees the world is going to yeah. be so different. Yeah, yeah. That it it might mess me up because. You know, if he thinks we're living in a simulation and that like, you know, there's just all these things yeah. and, you know, his, his goal is to get to space. My goal is to get to heaven. It's mm-hmm. just like, what, what do we got going on here? And it doesn't make Elon a bad person or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you got to be super careful with who you're allowing to kind of like guide talk your into life. your life. Right? And that like includes that. content too. Even if they're not your mentor mm-hmm. that you're paying. Dude, if you're listening to so-and-so's content 24-7 and yeah. they're not in alignment with your belief system, but you like them because they're yeah, entertaining yeah, yeah. or they they have they're they're smart in one avenue. Yeah, yeah. That slowly you starts to trickle. What's funny is so I was listening to like I think the YouTube algorithm kind of takes you off into two tangents. So Fresh and Fit started popping in my <laughs> podcast. And so I just started listening to consuming a lot of their content. Yeah. And then like the a lot of it, there's there's like so much truth into what they're saying. Like, you know, but they kind of like um diminish kind of girls and uh, to a certain point. And so like there's some, but then like I could slowly see like their worldview and their kind of what they're saying kind of slowly slip into like my into like what the way that I view and I see things. It was like so to a certain point where I didn't even realize it, but it, that's like my beliefs were like slowly shifting like a little bit. And then after I said some things where I was like, wait a minute, like that's, I, that doesn't sound like me, but it was just because I was consuming so much of that content where it was just like, it was a little like moving in this direction. Like, you know, the thing is like, it's tricky because like 99% of it is like truth. We're like, it's the, the, the most dangerous parts is where like it's 99% true and like a little bit of like something a little funky. And so like it makes sense for like 99% of time, but there's also that little funky thing that kind of slips in, in, slips in there. And so I found myself saying a few things that were like a little funky and I was like, wait a minute, I had to like reframe and rethink it and then kind of reanalyze where I was going with like with that thing, you know? So, yeah. You know, it's funny, like <laughs> I was listening to uh, a message from, yeah, I think it's from Pastor Jabin. Um at city light here in Vegas. And he was saying that, you know, Satan doesn't create. Okay. Mm -hmm. Only God creates Mm -hmm. Satan just simply deceives and manipulates what's already there. Right. Yeah, Yeah. And so it's like, you think about this, the easiest way to be deceived or manipulated is to take something that's you know, seems Great, to be true yeah. and like is it, it's in alignment and then just to twist it just yeah, yeah. a little bit. Like you wouldn't be deceived by something that's so blatantly yeah, yeah. different yeah. <laughs> than what you believe. Yeah. You're like, oh no, that ain't right. But if they're like, oh yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. And then it comes to the point where it's like, but actually a, s- a slight little tweak on it. Right. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, this is why I always come back up to, you know, these other religions and stuff where it's like, well, you know, they're all pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah. That's the great deception. And you know what they say? Like, uh, what do they put in a rat poison? What? Great food. So like, <laughs> I mean, so 90%, 99% of rat poison is great food. And they add that 1% of poison into it. Right. So mm. when you're eating, when you're 
trying to attract rats, you want 99% great food and a little bit of poison. So, so. Dang, I didn't know that. That's true, but that, that's exactly what it is, dude. That 1% mm -hmm. is what gets you mm -hmm. and people don't realize it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So in your business, right? Um, you know, you quit your W2. You were an engineer. Software developer, yeah. Developer. Engineer, yeah. And how old were you when you quit? Two years ago. I, well, you said 2019, I thought. Yeah. Uh, no, or you started, I started in 2019. Then you quit so yeah. two years ago. Yeah. So how old? 40. One, I think so. How how scary is it quitting when you're 41 years old? A career well, you've had obviously for a long time. Well, the thing was because of real estate investing, honestly, real estate investing changed my life. So at that point when I quit, because we are, had some success, I was actually making more from my rentals than I was making on my W-2. So mm. it was a very like safe way to quit where I kind of grinded while I was working my W-2 to build up a rental portfolio, fix and flipping, doing the birth strategy to kind of build up passive income. And so when at that point, I was actually making more from my rental properties passively than I was making at my W-2. It just... So it, was like a, it wasn't like a very scary thing for me to How are you buying so, so many rentals like, you know... To, to, to replace it that quick. You, you hear about people trying yeah. to do it, but it, it rarely happens. So we, when we, when I first started, I didn't have any money or like, like, uh, basically I had no money. Where so, did all your money go? If you're a software guy? Well, honestly, like, so living in Hawaii, it's <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's I, true. I mean, like the cost of living was, is, is a little higher and I'm not the most frugal person, I think. So like I go out to eat or whatever. So like, I'm not like the most, yeah, basically I make, and so I get, I was making enough just to kind of get by in Hawaii. And so yeah, I didn't yeah. have, I mean, like a very, very, very small savings, had like a small 401k. Long story short, I borrowed a little bit from my 401k. I took a bunch of personal lines of credit to like kind of have like some cash to play with. Started using a birth strategy out of state in Indianapolis where you can buy houses for like 50 grand. Okay. Build up like the first year we did like six burrs, the like to build like a little bit of cash flow. Each, each, each burr gives you like about $200 a door ish kind of on cash flow. And then I was like, dude, I just need like 50 more of these and <laughs> I'll have like $10,000 a month to kind of hit my goal. Right. So I was like, the, but then the, the problem with that is like, I've got 150-ish of like borrowed money that can kind of recycle to use to do the buries in Indianapolis. So I was like, if I had like 500, I could do like 20 of these a year because like I kind of figured out the bird, the bird strategy in Indianapolis. Like I just need more money to kind of keep on recycling. So I was like, because I started doing the bird strategy out of, out of state, it was like basically a bird is a fix and flip that you refinance as opposed to keeping, right? So I was like, why don't I take the skills that I learned as a, as a burr, bring it to Hawaii where it's like a terrible cash flow state, but it's a great for fix and flipping. And so... I'll make a few like make some money in Hawaii, get to like two or three hundred, bring it back to the the indie, and then just, I'll go to like my fifty rentals or whatever, like you know. So that was the original strategy. But I got very lucky in Hawaii where we actually found like two or three birds in our first deals because a combination of COVID, a combination of just finding these multifamily properties in the back end that supercharged my rental income, where I hit my ten thousand dollars a month from the combination of like the Indianapolis properties and the Hawaii properties to kind of get to my, my cash flow number faster than I expected. Mm. So you started, you know, buying these Hawaii properties yeah. and they were cash flowing good. Yeah. Yeah. And then at what point does flipping come into play mentorship and all that stuff? So, I mean, the started, started flipping in, I mean, started, I was trying to flip, but I got lucky and, and lock, jumped into some burrs. We basically like it cashed on the back end. We got some deep equity. And so, at that point, things were going pretty good, starting to like to scale. And then I had some other friends who were kind of just doing the same journey at the same time. These uh, like Zasha, like these, my friends. Come so you knew Zasha before she quit and stuff? Like it was, I think we kind of, all of us kind of started around the same time. I think like the bigger pockets was, was just kind of taking off. People were like listening to these things and like um, having some success in real estate. And so we 
the Hawaii community is very cool where everybody is, it's like a small, small, small knit community where we all kind of know each other. And so yeah. we, we talk shop, we have, we're like, we have friendships. And so we kind of like see what other guys are doing. So I saw Zasha, she was just kind of getting started and then she started to gain some traction. She joined some coaching programs. I think one of them was yours. Yep. And I had another friend, these guys, Kamohe and Tristan, they're kind of just getting started. They're getting some traction. They joined a coaching program and then that kind of supercharged like their trajectory. And so I kind of saw, well, like these coaching programs are actually helping these guys to kind of scale and kind of get to the next level. And so that's where it kind of opened my eyes to, to see the value of coaching and Prior to that, I was just anti-coaching. I was like, I can just figure it out by myself. Like I've had some success just kind of like reading books and just like listening to podcasts. But, but let me add to that, that, you know, guys like you at that point mm -hmm. are the hardest ones to reach because dude, I mean, you have had success, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, who's to say, you know, that you could have done it better or whatever, right? Yeah, like yeah. you're, you're doing better than everyone else, you know? And like, I relate to that because I was the same way. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro. I'm killing it. Mm -hmm. You know, tell me somebody else that's doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, along with playing pro baseball, yeah, along yeah. with, you know, doing it the way I was. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so success kind of like makes you uh, <laughs> somewhat uncoachable, especially if it's your first time yeah, having a lot yeah. of success. So I believe like I would have reached this point without coaching. Like where I am today, I think I would have guaranteed got, gotten here just through hard work, yeah. reading and doing it by myself. It just would have taken me seven years right mm -hmm. so like the whole point of coaching is to kind of speed up the process to get you to your point faster and so i think like the the coaching helps you to like like untangle yourselves like a little bit faster or, or kind of tweak a little bit of accountability but different things where it's not necessarily gonna make you successful it's just gonna get you to your success faster and i think you're buying time i think so like when i realized like how like coaching actually helps you to hit your goals faster that's why where i saw like the value in coaching and so it wasn't like that I always believed in myself. You know, like I think anything that I've done, I've always had some success. Like I kind of like, I don't need coaching to be success, but if I had coaching, I'll get to that point faster. Yeah. And I think that that is the element for you mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. obviously you already had success. And so mm -hmm. your thought process was just accelerating success. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, there are people who would literally not have any success. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. just, it's either they're going to be stuck doing what they've always yeah, done yeah. or they're going to get coached and it's mm. going to change their life. If you haven't heard, WealthCon is coming back to Las Vegas April 18th to the 20th and I believe it's going to be our biggest one yet. We're going to try and fill the Caesars Palace with 2,000 top level real estate investors and entrepreneurs. I've got amazing speakers like Neil Patel, Tim Grover, Dan Martell, Pace Morby, and many others coming, and it's going to be great. So if you want to get tickets today, we got some special deals going on. All you got to do is text me at 725 444-5244. We'll get you info on what kind of tickets we got all the way from general admission to our diamond level tickets where you're able to network with the speakers, go backstage, ask them questions, and then have a dinner with all of us in a really intimate setting. It's going to be great. So if you want to get tickets, text me at 725-444-5244. Well, what I've realized after like the coaching that I did have is that certain things that I've done, I wouldn't have done. So even like some of our one-on-one -on -one conversations, the things that you've kind of like coached me to do or to to take on, if I didn't have these conversations, I wouldn't have done them at all. And yeah. so like in my, actually, so to take that back, I probably would not have had the same success or done the same things I had if I didn't have the coaching that I did have. Although I would have had success, it just wouldn't have yeah, been yeah. the same. Or, it like, might not have been at the same level mm -hmm. and it definitely wouldn't have been as fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I agree with that. So. And I think the same way with me, like, you know, now at this point, 
mm-hmm. whenever I want to do a new goal, yeah, the first thing I ever do is I'm like, yeah, who's the best? Who's the best? Can I can I hire them? Can yeah. I partner with them? Can I, you know, learn from? Can I get them on the podcast so I can at least pick yeah. their brain for an hour? Yeah, that's literally how I operate now. And so, I've just seen it time and time again. Because if I'm gonna go try and do something I've never done before, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's in real estate, let's just mm-hmm. say like, you know, I've never made twenty million dollars a year flipping houses. Yeah. So like, what if I find somebody who has, you know, and he can just tell me. Yeah. Every like if that became a goal, I the first thing I would do is I'd be like, well, obviously like I have a good idea mm-hmm. of what I need to do, but I don't know the pitfalls I'm going to face yeah, yeah. as I execute this idea. So let me talk to this guy. Yeah. yeah. He's already done it. He's going to save me a decade of mm-hmm. problems that he already had to have gone through. Yeah. And I think there's also levels of coaching, right? I think Actually, I kind of learned this from you. So there's like the the first level is you're just getting information where you can pick up a course, you can just read something. It's kind of like a one-way transaction where you're just like learning, learning things, right? So that's yeah. like the first level. The second level that you mentioned is the consulting where you're taking, you're having meeting with somebody like individually, they're dissecting what you're doing in your business or with your goals and they're tweaking it to kind of get you unstuck from where you are. And so it's more like a personalized uh, coaching where you're actually applying it to your life. And then the third level is kind of like, hey, well, helping you to be a accountable daily to kind of make sure that your goals aren't being hit and like you're actually consistently making the moves that need to be hit and so i think coaching levels there's like different levels of coaching that you can get and depending on where where how much you pay and what's like the your goals are you kind of want to have like different levels of what you want to like um, be a part of yeah 100 it, it just really depends on like you said where you're at if you're somebody mm-hmm. who <laughs> has a tough time holding yourself accountable. Like yeah. for instance, to give everyone a simple example, right? We all want better health. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of ways we can go about mm-hmm. having better health, right? Mm-hmm. So in stage one, you could just start watching YouTube and like looking up workouts. Yeah, yeah. You could find a diet online. And mm-hmm. honestly, you're going to just guess that this is the right one you yeah, just chose because yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah. know, right? Yeah. You're going to hear all these different pieces of information where they're like, well, they say I should do CrossFit. He says I should do this. This guy says mm-hmm. I should just run marathons. And you're like, you got to really just hope you're really good at deciphering information yeah. because there's endless amounts mm-hmm. of information. Right. And then, you know, you're just going to kind of throw it on the wall and see if it works. Yeah. And that's only if you're actually able to stick with it too, mm-hmm. because most people who even like spend all this time researching and doing all this crap, right. They spend however many weeks, months, or even yeah. years researching before they ever do anything. Yeah. So they that's a wasted period of time in research. Then they try it and it doesn't work initially because nothing works initially. Yeah. Yeah. And then they quit. Yeah. Or they just keep doing the wrong thing over and over again, wondering why it's not working. Right. So that's usually stage one for most people. Very few can actually take a book, a podcast, a YouTube video. And anything and just be like, that's it. I know exactly what to to do. I'm going to go do it. Here's Mm -hmm. how it's working. Boom. Very few can take generalized information that's not specific to them and do it. But, you know, let's just say so that's what that's with working out. You're just Mm -hmm. hoping you pick the right meal plan. You might have picked vegan and now you're screwed. (laughs) You know, like so good luck, especially if you've never succeeded. Now, if you're already successful and you have a framework to work from and a belief system and results, getting new information is a little bit different Mm -hmm. because now you can see it and say, no, that's BS. That's not going to work. That works. Okay. Actually, 
that might work based mm-hmm. on what I've already seen. So if you're just starting out, information usually doesn't do anything for you. If you're successful, it can. Okay. Now that stage two of, you know, like we said, consulting, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, I'm going to go just hire a fitness coach. This person's just going to create me the exact meal plan I need. Mm-hmm. He's going to get me the exact supplements I need. He's going to, you know, so he's going to look at what you have going on first, right? So yep. he's going to tailor it to your specific needs. Like your, your supplements are going to be different than like hundred percent. Right? Yeah. So. He's like, Ryan, okay. You're already fit, dude. Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Mm-hmm. You know? And I'll be like, well, dude, I want to get freaking jacked. I want to just keep hitting golf balls way far. I don't want to be so jacked that I can't hit the golf mm-hmm. ball. And he's like, all right. So based on what you're telling me, you want to get jacked, lose weight, still maintain flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're, you're an entrepreneur, Ryan. So you got a pretty busy lifestyle. I know you ain't going to meal prep, right? I'm like, heck no, I ain't going to meal prep. He's like, all right, you can afford to get, uh, you're rich. You can afford to get, yeah. you know, these delivered to you. All right, cool. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create your meal plan. And actually, I'm not even going to create your meal plan. I'm just actually going to customize the meals and we're going to have them sent to your house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, here's your workout. Just follow it. And that's it. Do this for the next 90 days and you're good. Mm-hmm. And that would be consulting. Yeah, and yeah. then it still requires me to have discipline, to eat the food, to execute the plan yeah, yeah. and you know, everything else. The third level would be that same guy doing that, but then saying, hey, log me into your foodie fit. Uh, or not foodie fit. That's who I use. They get a free shout out for uh, meal prep. Um, log me into your my fitness pal so I can see you inputting your macros yeah, every yeah. day and holding yourself accountable. Also put in um, this app, your weights and everything else so I can track that you're actually doing your workouts every week. Let's talk. Let's you're going to track your weight. I'm going to look at it. We're going to adjust mm-hmm. your calories and everything as we go along. We're going to take progress picks every week. and. The next 90 days, we're going. Yeah. Every single day accountability. I, like which one's gonna get the best result? I feel like for like entrepreneurs or real estate investing in general, the one thing I always see people get hung up is on is the accountability where just people get they get hyped up after an event, right? They're like, I wanna do this, I wanna do this. They go really hard for the next six weeks and they can just kind of die out because they don't see results. But it's like that day-to-day like motivation or the day-to-day like action that you have to do consistently while you're not seeing results in the very beginning. That's so difficult, I think, for people Super to come. Because nothing comes right away. Like even this 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 workout scenario we're talking about, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna like go get jacked this week. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be lucky if you look different after two weeks or three weeks or yeah, a month, yeah. right? A month, you'll, you'll probably start to see some results, but 90 mm-hmm. days from now, you could be completely transformed, mm-hmm. which is a very short amount of time in the grand scheme of, you know, usually what it takes to get results in yeah, something yeah. important like real estate or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. So, you know, I try to tell people this, like at WealthCon, you know, we'll have a thousand plus people. And by the way, you guys should come to the next WealthCon and go check it out. WealthCon.org. Um, but you know, I'll be like, look, guys, we spoke to you from stage. Like you got so much valuable information and, yeah. you know, you made some great connections. That's awesome. But you guys next week are going to be back to your normal everyday lives. And what are you going to do when you're not in this environment? Yeah, You're yeah, back yeah. to your old environment that has produced those same results. Do you really think you can overcome it mm-hmm. with no help and everything else? I don't care how much great information we gave you. And which, by the way. You know, in an event like WealthCon, we're not teaching, you know, like one specific thing. Like, hey, you're coming here to learn how to flip houses. And, you know, this session is analyzing deals like we do that in our workshops. So if anyone wants to, you know, learn that way, we have two day workshops for just house flipping, two day workshops for content creation, 
WealthCon is about the networking, the relationships, you know, getting amazing speakers from yeah. all across and like getting this very broad, diverse set of knowledge. Um, and people love it. It's just a different way of learning. But I'm like, when you go home, my odds are if you have no system in place, no accountability, no coaching, mm -hmm. you're not going to really do anything with what you just heard. And that's unfortunately what the case usually is. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a good point. I think just the, the, it's so easy to be on an emotion, emotional high, but then like the, you need really in the community or people around you to kind of hold you to like, to do the day-to-day -day boring tasks, I think. And just like the weekly or daily accountability with somebody, whether it's in a coaching call or with like a small peer group is something that's so vital for like, especially like a new investor to try and like have some success. So yeah. just like that, I, mean, I just like that, that's like the most important thing piece, I think for like new investors who just have somebody to help you grind through the day-to-day. The -day, so. That's the hard part, right? Like ideas are simple, yeah. you know, information's easy. Yeah. Executing. Yeah. <laughs> Is where the money's at. You know, that's, I always have a conversation with guys who are like, so as a software developer, we, we, we can make apps and stuff, right? So someone's always like, I've got a great idea for this app. And like that, can you build this up for me? And like that, they come with, come to me with their different ideas. And so most of the time they're trash ideas. Like they're, <laughs> I'm like, this will never work and stuff. But the, what I realized from just kind of processing through these different kinds of like businesses and talking to like these game plans with different guys is that that ideas like are a dime a dozen. Like they there's are. a ton of ideas that are going to make money, but then their true value is the execution of them. And so even like house flipping or investing is very simple. It's like you buy a house at a discount, you <laughs> fix it up and you sell it. Like the concepts and the ideas, like nothing new. There's a thousand people who are doing this right now who are very successful, but the idea is not where the value is. It's all in the execution of it. Yeah. And in the execution, when you're actually like playing for something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I had a guy, um, he, he he had seen me at a, a meetup or something and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm going to go all in on um, Forex trading or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like why? Because mm -hmm. he's a real estate guy. He's yeah. Been in real yeah. estate for like 20 years. He's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm like crushing it. And I was like, well, how much did you make? And he was like, you know, he said something like two, three hundred thousand dollars last year. I was like, oh, really? Well, dang, dude, I was I'm mistaken. Then, yeah, you yeah, should yeah, probably yeah. do that. And I was like, so what are you going to do with the money? Are you going to bet bigger? Or like, what are you going to, he's like, well, that was in my, um, my, my play account, my trading <laughs> account, you know, but like, had I been, I would have, I was like, bro, then you, so you haven't made anything. And he's like, well, yeah, no, I haven't made anything yet. I'm like, bro, no. Okay. Your fake trading account doesn't mean crap. Mm -hmm. All right. Why didn't you bet real money if you're so yeah. confident? Like, so <laughs> it's like, people think things are a game. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, bro execution is come game time. I don't need your practice player mm -hmm. game. I don't need you in your video games. Real world. Yeah. Execution. And, um, it, you know, it dawned on me that like people obviously struggle with that. Right. They, they get all hyped up. They talk the talk. They go to mm -hmm. meetups. They look and feel like they belong. And it's like, but it, when it comes to actually real world execution, they don't do crap. Mm -hmm. And I just tell people that I'm like, yeah, like you, you explain flipping a house is actually very simple. Yeah. In theory. Playing in the NBA, simple in theory, too. You know, you, you dribble the ball. OK, you're just not allowed to pick it up with both hands. If you do, you must shoot or pass it. And then um, you just put it through the hoop. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good point. It's it's super easy. And then, you know, real world comes and all mm -hmm. these guys are seven foot and you're five, five. You're unathletic. You can't jump. You get tired going from one end of the court to the other. Um and you can't even dribble when there's defense and mm -hmm. you, you can't even get a shot up in these NBA guys because they're so good. 
And guess what? That's the world. Yeah. The world yeah. is always against you. Mm-hmm. Somebody else is trying to get the deal. Somebody else is talking to the seller. You know, they, you get flagged for not having permits. You get sued. Like the world's always against you. And that's where execution comes into play. No, yeah. that I mean, that's, that's totally, totally true. I think just the thing. And so like when you go into, I think, to the different meetups and like you're talking to different guys, it's. It's the value I see of like, of having seen, like talking to guys who have actually done it. When they tell me something, it's just very different than somebody who hasn't been there. And so yeah. I think when you like, so that was one of the values I think we got out of like the all-star program was getting in these rooms of other guys who are also doing the same things on our level. And then just having like really like high level conversations on like, what are you doing in your marketing? What are you doing on your like permitting issues and things? And so yeah. if so, is a, there's a difference between like, sometimes you'll get advice from guys at me who are like, Oh, you should do this and this and this, right? But like they've never actually done it. It's just like what they read or they've heard on a forum. Yeah. <laughs> versus like a guy who's like, no, this actually happened to me. This is how yeah, I yeah. solved it. Then you just take the advice. And so like they could give you the exact same advice. But yeah, but one and has the guy, no credibility. Who, the guy who's who's never done it, they're just like you just take it like differently, right? So like, yeah. but the guys who's actually done it, then like you just you're able to take that advice just because it's it's it seems to be worth more. And I think sometimes like you might give me advice, like, dude, you should start a meetup, right? And so other people have told us they're like, Dan, you should start a meetup. But like the when you tell me that, it just it comes off very different than with like a, a random stranger or somebody else who who tell me the exact same advice. Yeah. But even then you still might not do it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but the thing is the thing, yeah. So it's I mean, timing. Yeah. 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 Cause I, there were other priorities at the mm-hmm. time when I told you that. It's like, are you gonna just drop everything you got going to go start a meetup when you still yeah. have these other things that need to get finished first? And this we had a few different like interactions where you told me that I should do something and I disagreed with it. And yeah. so like the in the beginning, it's like you tell me to do it, but just because you're telling me to me, I don't like blindly like Yeah, yeah. You still agree, are using I, discernment. I'm still processing it. And I think like being like you don't know like my exact situation. Like and so like you're you don't still have all the pieces, right? And yep. so even though like, you're ahead, you might not know like everything that's about, even though and so like some of the things you told me to do, I'm like Ryan told me to do this, but I don't think it's like super important. And then like later on, I click like, okay, actually it like, it makes sense why you told me to do this, but it it didn't take like, it took like a few different sessions before it actually like translated or kind of like seeped into like why like the, the pieces like didn't like connect for me. And so, yeah, no, and I'm the same way, you know, people way ahead of me tell me things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there are times when I receive it and there are times where I'm like, well, that doesn't apply to me. Yeah. yeah. My business is different. I'm this. Mm -hmm. And, um, Look, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong, you know, and this just comes with discernment and everything you're doing. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, though, what I actually have realized I'll do Mm -hmm. is I'll at least try it. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, I want to at least try what they have to say. Yeah, Yeah. And if it works, great. If it doesn't, hey, I don't have to wonder whether or not it's going to work. I give an example like, um. We were trying to increase the show rate for our challenges and, you know, the show rate was really bad. Conversions were great for anyone that showed up, but we're like, man, we got to figure out how to do the show rate. So like, you know, I was going with the guy who was helping run them and um, he's the expert and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I I don't agree with what you think the problem is, but I am willing to try it. And look, I hope it works out. Like we all want it to work out, but if it doesn't, then also I'm going to say, well, I, I didn't think it would, yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's not like I'm smarter or anything. It's just like my gut tells me it's not. Mm-hmm. And um, sure enough, I was right each time. Now, granted, that just made my more confidence in my decision making of, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? We're, we are going to do this my way. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. going to lean on this way. I'm going to try it. And 
you know, and these weren't things that were like, Hey, you know, it takes a long time to figure out whether yeah, or not it's, yeah, yeah. no, it's like instant. It's yeah. like, Hey, this works. You or to tell whether or not it's working or not right away. Right away. And so, you know, we even tried doing one on Sunday. He's like, well, you know, we could do this. And I'm like, dude, I do not want to do this Sunday night. Mm-hmm. This sounds like the worst thing ever, but I will try it based on, you know, if it does, it does. Like, I don't know. Cause naturally I wouldn't do it. Yeah. 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 That wouldn't be something I want to test because Actually, I'm hoping it doesn't work because I don't want if it does work, then I'm like, dang, dude, like, what do yeah. I do? Right. So anyways, it didn't work, thankfully. And um, my gut ended up being right in this case. Now, my gut's also been wrong in other cases. So it's like, mm-hmm. but in all the cases, I at least got to find out. That's yeah, the yeah. big key. Yeah. I got to find out who was right. Mm-hmm. And I'll have no ego one way or the other. If mm-hmm. I was right, well, maybe I'll have a little more ego because I'm like, I knew it. Other times when I was wrong, I'm like, dang. Well, either way, I win because now I know there's a better way to do it. But even if like you don't apply it or you don't take the take it into account right away, it kind of sparks uh, sparks like a creative thinking. And so yes. like sometimes like you you hear an idea, and you're like, actually, I'm not going to try that, but it's very close to something else. And like I'm going to tweak it slightly to to my circumstance. But it's always like those little bunny trails where like you hear something that you haven't heard before that kind of helps you to just kind of like start that process of like actually let's try this this or this right and so just having like an outside presence of someone who has success kind of give you some different ideas it's almost like a little mini brainstorming session for you to kind of like come up with different things that might actually work too right so yeah 100 percent. one thing i will say though about just mentors and everything is i'm not a fan when uh, somebody only tells you there's one way to do something yeah yeah because even when people are at wealth con they're like mm-hmm. Ryan, should I get this program or that program? And like, you know, is this what's best for him? Like, look, I don't know enough about your situation. You haven't told me what you have going on, Mm -hmm, what's your experience, how much money you got. I couldn't tell how much time you got to actually do this, why you want to do it. What are your end goals? Like, I don't know any of that to be able to tell you this is the best thing for you. And even in one-on-one and stuff, it's just I'm going to always tell you something that I think is best for you, even if it's different from what I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, and I see so many other people that are just like, this is the only way to do it. Mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. how I did it. This is how you should do it. It's like, dude, how I did it is not how you should do it. I think sometimes, yeah, you can kind of get into like this thing where you're just, it's because you've done it this way and you completely believe in your, your path that you just think everybody should do it this way. Right. When in actuality, especially in investing, there's so many different ways to do it. And it's so nuanced depending on the person's skill experience and like where they want to go. And, but it's just like that. I think like also sometimes I think some of these coaches like actually realize that they're not the best way, but they just want to have like either just like the, their branding is so, so strong that they just want to make sure like kind of bully people into like their, into their, their past the because like that it's like they, they just want to like, get the i don't know like the kind of funnel you into like their their strategy right so yeah and maybe they don't know any other strategies mm-hmm. so they're not able to teach anything else so all they mm-hmm. can teach is their way but one, one of the things i like with good coaching or people who have like these these programs is showing you what like the the problems with their with their approach and so like let's say like <clears throat> you teach a fix and flipping course then like here's why like fix and flipping is not great because you're not going to own the real estate at the end of the day or the different things where like it's, it's risk they give you like the the downside as well as the upside i think that that's really helpful for me to kind of see so i can kind of really weigh the pros and cons and really apply it to my situation like for instance like the birth strategy it's not great if you don't have like if you need cash right away or the different kind of things right but wholesaling is not great if you're not good at let's say marketing or like you're, you want to spend like 
like a ton of time in the business. And so there's always these pros and cons to every strategy. But I think when guys are kind of laid out to me, like these are like the downsides of things. It helps me to give them more trust or really weigh out the different options better. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And you know, like I did a, um, I'll link to this video down below for everyone, but I, I did a training for 2024, how to mm-hmm. get started in real estate in 2024 mm-hmm. beginner's guide. And, um, in that I basically went through the different types of people and which yeah. path is best for them. Mm-hmm. And it sparked me because I don't know, some dude made something. He was like, uh, this, this viral post of, um, it was like at an Apple note thing. And it was like, yeah. Ryan Pineda says, you should do this. This guy says, uh-huh. you should do that. This guy says you should do this. They all are full of it. They're all just promoting their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And I was like, first off, okay. <laughs> you know, you can dye your hair like dye. Cause, cause then they made a follow up one. It was like, Ryan says you should dye your hair for views or dye your hair blue. And I was like, well, first off you can dye your hair red too. All right. Second off. Okay. Wholesaling is great. Mm-hmm. If you are broke and you're trying to like replace your income, you have no choice. You're flipping mm-hmm. or wholesaling. If anyone tells you you should be buying rentals, they're an idiot. And I will stand by that. 1000% 200 bucks. Ain't going to change your life. <laughs> you better figure out how to flip and wholesale because 20 grand this month will go a lot further Mm -hmm. than 200 bucks. And you can always buy rentals down the road. But then I said, look, if you're already well off, you got a great job. You're, you like where you're at and making good Mm -hmm. money. Well then, yeah, buy rentals. You you don't need to go build a flipping and wholesaling business Buy rentals. If you got a really successful business and you're a millionaire and you're like, dude, I'm thinking about getting into real estate. Well, bro, just double down on your current business, whatever that is, and go invest your money in a fund. Mm-hmm. Like, don't even worry about trying to go build a new company or or research deals in Indianapolis. Like, think about it. If you're making a million dollars a year with your AC company, yeah, yeah, and now you're like trying to find the next great market, spend that energy, yeah, building the business, yeah. Just go give your money to a fund, mm-hmm. and so you know. I think also I'm agnostic. Like, I think also this is actually some advice I got from you was. Like the, I want to do so many things, you know, like I want to like, I want to do commercial. I want to do a multifamily. I want to do fix and flipping. I want to do birds out of state. There's so many things that like I want to do as a, as an entrepreneur, but you said like, Hey, focus on things that are bigger than your current opportunity. And so yeah. like if my current opportunity is making, let's say like a million dollars a year, don't go chase something that makes you like a 500,000 or less. It has to be making more than a million dollars, right? Because I put so much time and energy into this one funnel or this one thing. Why well, am I going to like diversify my focus and try and build something over here if it's going to make me less? And so like the point in the case is like, let's say you've got a million dollar business. If you get into wholesaling and fix and flipping, it's better to just double down on your business and try and get that 1 million to 2 million as opposed to let's start from the bottom and grow this thing up to a million, maybe, maybe get down to two to, to two million dollars, right? Exactly, so. because it's always going to take time and energy to start mm-hmm. a new thing. Mm-hmm. So whether you realize it or not, I don't care how good mm-hmm. of the people you have in place. We were just talking about this on our one on one. It's like, okay, the best way the best way I can simplify this to people, and this might be the most important thing I say all podcasts. So listen up, okay? But comment below. I'm listening if you're here at this point because I think this part's going to really help you guys figure out how to navigate the different stages. So. At some point, right, you're going to be grinding, grinding, and let's just mm-hmm. use the million dollar mark, and you're going to hit a goal, right? Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a choice at this goal, okay? Let's say it's a million bucks. And your choice is, hey, do I try and just navigate this, you know, and, and grow it even bigger? 
Or can I take a step back and allow it to just sustain itself? Maybe it grows a little bit, but it's not going to grow to this Mm -hmm. new level, right? If you take a step back and kind of like now let the business quote unquote run itself, you know, you then have to decide what am I going to do with my time? For most entrepreneurs, they're like, I'm going to start a new thing and Mm -hmm. develop that. That's great. You have either option in, in both. For me, I've gone both ways in my career. You know, I, I, I focused solely on flipping houses for a long time and then got it to three, four million bucks. And it was like, you know what? I'm pretty good there because I, I hit a plateau. Yeah. And it was like, I could try and break through the plateau, but I'm mm-hmm. going to have to like work really hard to do it. I'm going to yeah. have to, you know, go into another state. I'm going to yeah. have to master new marketing channels. I'm going to have to hire more. Like there was a lot. I knew there was a lot to get into it. And I was like, honestly, it's not worth the headache or the risk to go take on more flips and debt and everything. Mm -hmm. I would rather focus on this thing and just kind of like let this thing run itself. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I did for years. But you had a different, when you changed like courses to do new thing, the new thing was a bigger opportunity than what you're flipping was. Correct. And I said, social media is the new thing. It's Mm going to be, you know, very big opportunity. And Mm so, you know, I ended up working out and education ended up becoming an eight figure opportunity. And, you know, it was great. And then I've done multiple other opportunities. Now I'm at the point where I'm going back into both and saying, you know what? No more new opportunities. I am ready now to take both mm-hmm. of these to the next level. I, I believe that now with this new business model mm-hmm. of going you know, nationwide wholesaling, mm-hmm. we can be eight figures easily. I believe now with what I'm building on the marketing sales side and everything with yeah. events, we can get to multiple eight figures easily. Um, but it's going to require me really pushing yeah. both of them to do it. And so the reason I mention this is because I have lots of opportunities every single day to do different things. And I think a great trademark or a great, um, yeah, I guess trademark of a, a good entrepreneur is somebody who's willing to put their focus on the right thing at that moment in time. At that moment in time, it was fine to plateau yeah, my flipping yeah. business and focus here. That was the right move. Um, and now I understand I got to go put my energy into this. Now, guess what? On social media, I'm going to kind of like accept the plateau. Like I'm not over here trying to grow the podcast. Because like, here's the thing, right? Let's just say the podcast was my number one priority above all. Yeah, and I didn't yeah, have yeah. those other things. I could spend all my hours trying to go get the best guest in the world, hire recruiters, do all these things, um, train and script and research every single guest and like become a better host who's more informed and like really just, I could blow it up to being, let's say a top 10 podcast. If that's all I focus my energy on. It's going to take all your energy away from the other things that you're also doing, right? So I think that's the one thing I think I struggle as an investor or a business owner is where should I allocate my time that's going to give me the maximum ROI and for how long should I do it, right? And I think... And ROI short-term and long-term. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing to think about. And the thing is like when I think when I first started, like the the best use of my time was different in different phases. And so when I first started, there was just so much learning and like so analyzing deals was like my number one priority where I just want to analyze like hundred deals a day just to get better at that and also to make offers, right? But at this point, now my time is better spent trying to be growing as a leader or social media, but it's always a challenge where like where is 
without, I mean, it helps to have like a peer group or somebody around you to help you kind of like see like your blind spots or like where should you really focus your time or energy. And so I think these monthly um, coaching calls with you is like, I come before you with like, here, here's my, here's my plan. Here's my things. Where should I put all my time and energy? And you're like, do this, do this and this. And so I look for the next month, I'll just grind super hard in that area and just try to make sure like I focus on this and get this to the point where it's like, it's all solved and complete. Then I can come back and say like, Hey, next month, like here's, here's, the, here's what I did. Here's the game plan. What do you think I should do this? But it's helpful to have these checkpoints with like a more experienced coach or investor to just say like, here's where you should focus or put your time and energy because I'm going to grind super hard in one direction but if i'm going in the wrong direction it's not going to really get me the results that i really want in, or the long term yeah so. no a thousand percent and that's why it's hard to pick because like mm-hmm. everyone needs to understand how important it is deciding where you're going to spend your time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because a lot of things are going to dictate that decision the market your desires you know your cash your you know whatever's going on in life trends yeah yeah so you know for instance it's like whatever's trending at the moment if the real estate market you know in 2020 2021 early 2022 was so hot it was like guys we got to throw everything we got Mm -hmm. at flipping houses and everything Mm -hmm. like this is a trend this is something that's you know this is unbelievable yeah um and now it's just very neutral Mm -hmm. you know we, we have apartments and syndication. I've told you this in multifamily. You're like, dude, I really want to get into multifamily. And I'm like, well, look, right now it's really hard to raise capital. It's hard to pencil out deals. Yeah, yeah. Is that the best? Multifamily is great, but is that the best use of your time at this very moment? Could you be spending your time on one of the other avenues mm-hmm. that's going to give you a better return because they're in more favorable conditions? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is how I try to look at everything. Um with all of my businesses and you know, for me, it's like right now, what's going to put move the needle more than anything. It's me rebuilding my marketing and sales department because that impacts every business. Mm-hmm. And that that's going to, it's, it's a lot of work, man. I got to train everyone. I got to rebuild culture. I've got to be involved. Um, you know, I got to really exert my will on everything and I love it because I haven't done that in a long time. And I know it's like already producing a lot of fruit and it's going to just be amazing. But, um, you know, it won't be forever. I just I don't know how long this will be the best use of my time. Once the foundation is built, it's going to get to a certain point and then it's going to plateau again. And once it plateaus, then I have to make a decision. I like to also I think the like when you're like really dived in into focus on something, it's like the like let's say you have like like five hours in a day right if you put like one hour one hour one hour one hour there's also like that context switching where like you have to kind of switch different like avenues where you're losing time in that that context and you're not like really maximizing that time but if you just spend those five hours all in one thing there's something like magical or just kind of compounds like your results and i just see like when i like just like really like go all in on one thing i just i dream about it i I think about (laughs) it all the time it's like it just uh, it like absorbs like it consumes your entire day it's just like there's like these little small things that somehow they just magically like 10x as opposed to if you just do like half 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 kind of thing like you know so i think that that focus on that one lane until it's like really like up and running then you switch complete focus to the next thing has been like really helpful for me just to kind of make sure like each each arm of like my business or the different things are are up and running yeah i and I give that advice to anyone I can because mm-hmm. it's like, 
they see successful entrepreneurs and people who have got a lot of things going on and Mm -hmm. they assume that they just kind of all grew at the same time. Mm -hmm. No, that's not what happened. They, they were mastering one skill at a time. And so for me, I spent five plus years just only flipping houses, Mm -hmm. mastering that skill. Then I spent years just only doing social media, that skill. Then I spent years throwing these events and, you know, doing education. And I was focused on that. Now, and I've said it before, my only focus is on building a great, you know, digital marketing side. And, you know, in turn, sales goes right with that. And so I've never actually formally had to create sales training or processes. And I just kind of have always just given tips and things that mm-hmm. I intuitively know. I'm like, yeah, this is how you sell, like, you know, yeah, yeah. XYZ. But now that I'm actually training them, it's forcing me to make curriculum and blueprints and everything like you do with everything else. Yeah, yeah. Because I know it. I just haven't um, put it all yeah. in order and everything. And now I'm like, oh, man, like this is actually very simple. You know, the first thing is knowing the product. Yeah, and I just yeah, yeah. that didn't even occur to me. I'm like, well, duh, we're going to assume they know the product. That's yeah, dumb. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. would <laughs> be like a realtor going into a house? but he doesn't know what the property's worth or the address. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we should put an offer on this. It's like, how are you going to put an offer? You don't even know anything about it. <laughs> like, but it, it didn't occur to me that that was happening with our salespeople. I'm like, you don't even know. You have to kind of like, once you start teaching or kind of like giving instruction, <laughs> yeah. then it kind of clarifies like where the holes are. Or exactly. Like you, and it helps, like helps you to also process what's going on too. I think a lot of times I feel like when I'm helping like explain something to somebody else on our team or like another like uh, investor, it's like, when I tell them like how to do something, it really like, I'm like, wow, that was really good. Like, I didn't realize I knew that until like I, I explained to them and I kind of processing through some different ideas. And I'm like, actually, now that I told them this, I'm actually going to do it myself. And so just like that, that act of just teaching or kind of coaching is actually helps you to kind of become a better like um, investor or doing that. Uh, that what I think that you're actually doing, right? Yeah, 100%. So wealthy sales coming soon. No, I don't know how long it'll take, but um I mean, that's just usually what happens, mm-hmm. right? It's like I build something for myself and then inevitably we end up mm-hmm. teaching it or giving it or whatever, right? And it's like, yeah, I've got, I do have a sales philosophy that not many people have mm-hmm. and it stems from selling so many different things. You know, it's like, bro, I've sold in multiple industries. I've sold from stage. I've sold on webinars. I've sold, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand couches. I've negotiated hundreds of flips. I've raised, you know, over a hundred million dollars. Like, I've done a lot of different selling in living rooms, you know, on a podcast. It's like, yeah, there's there's an art to it that I have that's worked for me. And it's very different than what everyone else teaches. And yeah. so uh, I'm excited to get them on my, you know, into a curriculum Do you have, for I my mean, own like, team. Yeah. I feel like just so just taking like a lot of different sales courses myself personally, it seems like everybody kind of has like a different philosophy of like, the different like strategies and philosophies on how to sell. Is there like, do you think like it's the same across the board, like certain principles or do you think it actually would be tailored? Well, I'll tell you this, like that's actually the one thing I never like took training on. Mm -hmm. So I've been trained on marketing. I've been trained on real Mm -hmm. estate, hiring people, ops, social media. Mm -hmm. I've never actually been trained on sales and I know them all. I mean, I've got talked to Andy Elliott, Jeremy Miner and all these guys and um, everything they say, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know that. Like, but mm-hmm. I've never gone through their programs or anything. Mm-hmm. My team has gone through many programs. I'm like, hey, whose thing do you want me to buy? All right, you guys go through it. Yeah. I, I'm just like, I already know how to sell. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
if I had to define how I am teaching our guys to sell, um, number one is product. And that could be for home run offer. It could be for wealthy investor. It could be for anything. And it's just understanding the product intimately and knowing the ins and outs of it, who needs it, what's the avatar, mm-hmm. what are the objections people have to that product. And, you know, like understanding that they're coming to us for help. So they need something, mm-hmm. right? Or else why would they book a call? Why would they do anything, right? So like just getting them to understand the product and believe in it. And they need to hear the success stories. They need to see the people firsthand because if you can develop conviction, yeah, that yeah. will supersede everything script wise, every like it just, that's all that matters. Right. And that's actually why this is the last thing I've ever built because I always was a firm believer that, you know, your product and marketing are the most important things, right? If you have a great product, people are going to buy it and refer it and everything else. And if your marketing is really good, aka people know, like, and trust you, then your sales team don't even have to be that good. And that's kind of like what the, it's been to this point. Yeah, it's like yeah. if the product, if the the product and the marketing are so strong, people are just gonna already naturally go to it. Yeah. And it's just like at that point, you can win with average sales. It's almost like an administrative task just to like get people enrolled. If well, the, if the, the, there, there are so. you know there are people like mm-hmm. let's just say laydowns that mm-hmm. you know you get, but no, I mean look, they still do have to sell. You still mm-hmm. have to learn how to handle objections, but. I always say, and this is why I've always said like, you know, I'm like, dude, you guys are soft. And here's the reason why. Okay. Other salespeople are used to cold calling, door knocking. People have no idea who they are. You like, think about this. Mm -hmm. In most sales calls, the salesperson has to learn how to develop trust very quickly because the customer has no idea who they are and what they do. They got to explain why they, okay. I'm door knocking. You know, have you heard that your solar bill is going up? They got to explain why they need solar. So you're like having to do all this pre stuff before you can ever get to the actual pitch and the Mm -hmm. product and everything else. You got to like, they're not qualified. And then versus us, it's like, no, bro, they already seen me. They know they want to get in real estate or content. They know Mm -hmm. that like they're coming to you warm and we think they're cold because they're not like super warm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, like That's, it's just so for, so for me, it's all about perspective and understanding that. OK, number one, OK, you're working a different type of lead than somebody who door knocks and they have no idea what we do or or what. So now it's like just understanding the different avatars and what products they need, how you mix and match them together, because we have so many different things. It's both good and bad. It's good in that we can truly get somebody the perfect thing that they need. Yeah, yeah. It's bad in that you got to actually know more things instead of just, yep, we sell one thing here. And you're just like, yeah, have this scripted thing. I think that's a good point too, though, because like the, depending on like how you reach the lead or how like you're interacting with them, was really going to dictate the, your sales process. And so I think a lot of like the training we go to, or we, we that we watch is like, you're door knocking somebody cold or you're making a cold phone call or you're going to somebody who may or may not want to sell their house. And so there's a lot of like different nuances on that front end before you even get to the part where they, they have a problem and, and they're actually like a warm lead. And so once you get to the warm lead, that's like a whole separate like, set of processes or problems that you're solving versus like the initial part of you just got to get them qualified or get them interested. Then once they're warm, now you got to actually close the deal. So you guys, it sounds like on your guys' side, you're dealing with basically just closing the deal as opposed to yeah, like the whole basically end, right? all so. of our leads are inbound leads, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about outbound leads would be, they have no idea who you mm-hmm. are, what you do, why they even need mm-hmm. their thing or why they want to sell your home, sell their home, mm-hmm. right? 
everything we have is inbound. So it's like, bro, I, I need a cash offer on my yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? That's why I tell them, like, you guys have the easiest leads ever. They're all inbound, just so you guys know. So anytime you freaking complain about a lead, I'm going to go make you door knock and cold call people, mm-hmm. and then you'll see what real leads look like. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, and that comes from perspective. Like I said, like, yeah. if you if your perspective is you've only worked here and just been spoon-fed leads that are warm, you just think that, you know, oh, this guy's not like, yeah. I want the laydowns. Yeah, yeah. It's like, bro, wait till we get you in the real world of sales <laughs> of what an actual lead is. So, um, no. So like my, my number one thing is just product. Number mm-hmm. one. And then number two, it's like, okay, now that you understand that it's simply just questions. And so I'm a huge believer in asking the right questions. And I actually created a 10 step process. I just named it the Pineda method. So I taught our people in wealthy creator and investor this because it works for a seller. It works for, you know, just any normal lead. And essentially my style is I don't like to make statements. I just ask questions over and over again. And the reason I'm asking questions what is- What do you mean by, can you uh, clarify a statement versus a question? A statement would be, hey, you need, you need this program, you know, mm. X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. It's me telling you to do something okay. versus asking you the right questions that lead you to say, hey, I actually need this. Mm. Can you tell me what it is? Right. So like, let's just, okay. We'll use one-on-one for example, right? Okay. Cause you did buy it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you bought it or what the, the sales process looked like. I didn't sell you, but you know, the, the way I would, the way I would sell one-on-one is that I would first make sure they're qualified, right? So okay. they're going to fill out an application Hey, how much money you making? How much liquid you got? Because right, right away, I would have to know that they're qualified. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. great. So you're like, no, we did this, that, boom, boom. Yes, mm-hmm. I understand. Cool. He's qualified. All right. First thing I'm going to do is just ask you a bunch of questions about your business, your goals, your life, everything, mm-hmm. right? You're like, yeah, you know, I flip houses in Hawaii and mm-hmm. you know, all these things. And, you know, I might ask you, hey, so like, where do you want to take the business? What are, you, what are your goals? Okay, I want to do this. Okay, but I also want to get into social media and I want to. Mm-hmm. Do multifamily. Okay, cool. Um, you know, what do you think your biggest bottlenecks are? What's your biggest pain points? And you're going to start saying, you know, these are my pain points. Yeah, these are yeah. everything. So, you know, you're basically in this fact finding stage, okay. right? And this is, you know, part of the, the system, but you know, it's like fact finding is probably the third step. The first and second step are about building expectations and trust. So right when we first start talking, I'd be like, Hey, Daniel, this call is going to take 30 minutes. You got 30 minutes, right? Okay. Okay. I want to set expectations so that you're not wondering when this thing's going to end. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's going to take about 30 minutes. Um, the objective here is to see if you're a fit for one-on-one coaching. Okay. okay? So I'm going to so ask very you, clear from the beginning. Right, it's right from the okay. beginning. I'm not trying to like, it, we're very transparent based mm-hmm. selling. Hey, mm-hmm. the objective here is to see if you're a fit for one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan only takes a couple of them a year. So, you know, he's very strict with who he wants. Mm-hmm. So we're going to just make sure that, you know, you're a fit. And then if, if everything's a fit, I'll tell you about what it costs, how it works, everything that's included. And you can make a decision if you want to sign up. Sound okay. good? Sounds good. Cool. All right. So that's basically expectations. Second part is trust. All right. Just to give some background, you know, okay. So now I'm selling you. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. just say it's me actually selling my thing. It's like, okay, just to give some background, like, you know, I flipped hundreds of homes, okay. hundreds of rentals. I, you know, you want to be on social media. I've gotten a billion views online. Um, you know, you want multifamily. We've got, you know, over 500 mm-hmm. units. You want to so fl- trust and credibility. Is yeah. Okay. And my sales guys can do that too. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, 
my trust flows through them. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey, just they're borrowing enough. your trust, right? So, Correct. Yeah, yeah. Ryan did this. Mm-hmm. We've taught many students like you this. Mm-hmm. So it's using both my credibility and students' success Got of credibility. It, yeah. Like, hey, it's not just Ryan, by the way. Mm-hmm. Others have done this, right? So we did fact or we did expectations, trust. Now we're going into fact finding, you know, and I'm asking you about these things. Then I'm going to start pulling for pain. Okay. And I'm be like, so how is it just knowing like where are you struggling? What's what's yeah, I'm asking you like the struggles and then it's like, all right, cool. I'm pulling pain. Mm -hmm. Then I actually want to go to pleasure. All right. How good is it going to feel solving Mm -hmm. that issue? What would you do if your business was doing that revenue and you weren't working those? So you got me dreaming thinking about like the ideal outcome. Yep. Ideal outcome. Because that's that's why you came. You want the ideal outcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this, like I said, this works for cars. It works for everything, right? So let me let's go over to the idea. Okay, those are your ideal outcomes. Awesome. So you know, from there, once we get you in that frame of mind, it's now then making the transition to the actual pitch and product, right? I'm not like trying to waste time here. It's like, all right, cool. So, you know, Daniel, based on what you're telling me, man, as you know, we got a lot of different programs. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not just one-on-one. We have all-star, we have rookie, we have mm-hmm. partner, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things. Um, but with your level and where you're at, I do think you actually qualify for all-star or not all-star um, for one-on-one. Okay. Okay. Um, can I tell you about what's included with one-on-one? And you're like, yeah. So I go over all the deliverables of one-on-one, et cetera. And what I like to do is kind of like a price. I call it a price sandwich. So I'm going to give you the deliverables. Okay. I'm going to tell you the price very quickly and nonchalantly. Okay. And then I'm going to reinforce all the positive things you already told me. So I'm basically be like, here's the outcome. You mean like what I previously told you? You already told me it, right? So, you know, we're going to, hey, here's everything included. Here's the price. And I know that when you go through this, you're going to be able to hit this goal that you told me, this Mm -hmm. goal that you told me, this goal that you told me, you know, et cetera, right? Okay. So that's how I'm going to deliver you know, the actual product and the price and everything. And then, you know, it's basically just like, do you have any questions about any of that? Does that make sense? You might have questions, you might not. From there, it's like, all right, so do you want to move forward, right? You can assume the close, you know, it just depends on the conversation went, right? You might be like, dude, all that sounds great. You know, I don't have the money right now. And then it's like, all right, well, let's figure out how that looks, right? From there, if it's a no, or now they're into question modes, after you delivered, um, you know, the offer, okay. it's then objection handling. So now I got to handle all these different objections and figure out, okay, you know, I know the objections that yeah, yeah. people have, right? It's always the same objections. I There's always the same design. objections, right? It's, it's a money objection. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't have the money. They believe in the, they believe in the value, but they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, um, don't believe in the value and have okay. the money. Yeah. So you got to yeah. make clear to them the value. Um, you know, so th- those could be some price objections. Maybe um, they have a just like their own limiting belief objection mm-hmm. of like, yo, like I do believe this could help, but I don't know if I have the time. I don't know if I can actually yeah, apply yeah. it. I don't know if I'm meant to do that. Like, so now we got to, it has nothing to do with the product or me or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to help you believe in you. Right. Or maybe they have an objection about the product or, you know, the credibility. Hey, look. Mm-hmm you know, why would, I, why would I need this? Like, what has Ryan done to, yeah, yeah, you know, help yeah. me with my specific thing, right? I had a guy at WealthCon who was like that. He was like, you know, I don't know if the all-star program's for me because I do mobile homes. And I'm like, bro, you know how many mobile homes I've done? 
Like I didn't talk about it on stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it's like, okay, dude, let me mm-hmm. tell you mobile homes, houses, same crap. Okay. And I just start naming off things about mm-hmm. mobile. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like I said, yeah, yeah. But you're going to be fine. Your niche is not so unique that mm-hmm. we don't know what to do with it. Okay. So it's handling. Yeah. Okay. You know, now it's like an us objection. So you would have a you objection of like, hey, I have my own limiting beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Or an us objection of, hey, I don't know like if that's worth it or you guys know my situation properly. Right. And there are other objections to to learn and other things, right? Then there's like spouse objection. You hear this a lot, right? And so that's or, a real objection, by the way. That's, oh, it's a huge <laughs> objection. It's like it might be the number one with money, mm-hmm. right? A spouse objection, a partner objection. So you got to know how to navigate that, yeah. right? And so there's lots of ways to navigate both, and um, it depends who you're talking to, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And how the conversation has been going. But it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, women wouldn't like if I say this, but. You know, I'd be like, hey, Daniel, you're like, hey, you know, I got to actually talk to my wife about it. I'd be like, so let me ask you a question, Daniel. Like, does your wife make all the business decisions in your house? And you'd be like, no, she doesn't. No, I make all the decisions. So why are you at like, what, what's the deal here? Cause yeah. I, and not to offend you, Daniel, yeah, 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 but yeah, I guess a lot of people, well, this is me role-playing not to offend you, Daniel, but like a lot of people do use their wife or a spouse as, yeah, exactly. or a partner as an excuse. Cause yeah. they don't really want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if you don't really want to do it, don't use her yeah, as an yeah, excuse. Yeah. Like it's fine if you don't. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, well no, like, you know, people yeah. always, it just depends how yeah, the yeah. conversation is going. And then, um, you know, from there it's just like, okay, so, let me, they're like, no, like I'm going to do it, but, uh, I just got to, you know, be respectful to my spouse Yeah, yeah and I'll be yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, let me ask you this. I'm married 10 years. I have three kids. Okay. My wife and I do not agree on every decision mm-hmm. in our house. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. But I'll tell you this, even if we don't agree when it comes to business or money or finances, I always have the final say that's how our relationship works. You know? Somebody's got to have the final say, yeah. right? Because when there's disagreement, somebody wins. There's no like yeah. indecision. Like yeah. somebody wins. You yeah. either do it or yeah. you don't. And I go, in the case of money and business, if there's disagreement, it defaults to me. That's this, just how my is, family works. This is, I mean, like, I think every family is different. You know, like yeah. I actually like uh, I got some advice from my pastor, like when we were just doing um, pre-marriage counseling. And he's like, Daniel, there's going to be times in your life when you're going to make a, a good business decision and it's going to make you a lot of money, but then your wife is going to disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And then at that point in time, you basically have to let that business decision go and like make sure that you're on the same page with your wife. And so I think like for me personally, I, I there's, there's certain, there are a few decisions where I'm like, I think we can make, I think this will be best for our decision wise, for our family and for things like, but then my wife, if she's not on the same page, I have basically have to like let that decision go and just like, Basically, lose money, not lose money, like, you know, just make the, the worst decision just because. Just make like, the worst decision. I mean, or, or make the, the least, the less favorable less decision. Less stressful decision. Yeah, so it's like that we're on the same page on, on the long term. So just that was just some advice I got with, with my, my pastor just to, yeah. just to share a little bit. Yeah. So. And look, I would. So for me, I would just I would handle any objection yeah, just yeah. like with my own personal experience. Right. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I would be like, well, I mean, here's the thing. My wife and I have not always disagreed or agreed on every decision yeah, yeah, right yeah. And i'm like look but when it comes to something i'm passionate about mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she knows it mm-hmm. she she will support it yeah she's yeah, not going to yeah. be like look 
you know, don't do that or I'm going to like throw a fit and it's going to like, I'm just going to, yeah, you yeah. know, have a bad mood. And she's like, yeah, no, yeah. you know what? Obviously it's important to you. I support. And that's happened multiple times. Actually, it's happened in our um, personal home mm-hmm. multiple times where I'm like, hey, babe, we need to sell the house mm-hmm. because like I really need the capital to grow. Yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. like, no, I don't want to sell the house. And and I use that story a lot to tell couples who are struggling. I'm like, do you own a house? Yeah. I'm like, how much equity you got? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, we got like a hundred thousand. I'll be like, sell the house. <laughs> and they're like, no, my wife would never let me. She yeah. loves the house. Yeah. I go, so you'd rather be broke and live in some house than, you know, have your financial future and like be able mm-hmm. to take the next step and get out of debt and whatever else. Right. I'm like that makes no sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and I, and I had to have those conversations with Mindy as we, you know, leveled up yeah, and, yeah. In the end, even though she may not have been for it initially. But the thing was, like, you always, at the end of the day, when you made a decision, like, she was on board with it. She wasn't happy about it, but then she was with you on that decision. Correct, right? And that's how we have always operated, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Because, yes, we're allowed to disagree, but still, somebody is going to have the final say. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And like you, I still have to make the decision, right? I'm like, look. Do thing, I believe in this decision yeah. so much that I'm willing, even if she might be mad about it yeah. for a while, mm-hmm. I'm still willing to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I don't really care that much about this. Mm-hmm. It's not worth the headache. Yeah. Those yeah. are two different things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's like you you would ask in a sales pro, like, how important is this to you, really? Mm-hmm. Because if it's going to cause you to get divorced, obviously, it's not worth it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But. If it's just like you're going to have to spend a week in the doghouse and you like, yeah, yeah. You know, do you think this is worth it? Sometimes we have to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of like yeah, the yeah, framework yeah. I would handle a spouse objection with. And I would also use the other side of it, too, where I'd be like, look, I have literally no say on what goes in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, like she buys all the furniture. She buys all the kids stuff. She picks like there's random crap from Amazon. Every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not hound her. I don't complain. I just accept it as is. And like, there's things she does that I'm just like, I would not have done that. But that's just how our mm-hmm. marriage and relationship works. And so, you know, it's it, and it's telling stories and helping people see that. Yeah, yeah. Because some guys, you know, like, you know, they'll tell you one thing. Yeah, dude, no, I'm the decision maker. I make everything. I go, so what's going to happen if your wife says, she doesn't want you to do this. What will you do? And he'd be like, well, uh, I'm going to still do it. <laughs> and then like, you know, you call the next day like, yeah, dude, honestly, I can't do it. And I'm like, just so you know, like, so we're clear. Your wife is the decision maker in your home. You are not. Don't say you are. OK, because like you're telling me you've always wanted to do stuff and mm-hmm. your wife doesn't let you and whatever. Like you're not the decision maker. I don't care what you think you are. You're not. Mm-hmm. And then they like might be a realization thing mm-hmm. but then that's a whole different topic of yeah yeah you know heads of household and who you know i mean that's a that's <laughs> a very like complicated subject i think just like husband and wife decision making you know just there's healthy and unhealthy ways to kind of do it and i think like you said there's a lot of times where it's just an excuse so they can like uh, yeah. think better or make a decision later but sometimes there is like a little like nuance to as far as like like and it's like that's a whole little thing you can like dive into like how should decisions be made in the household right you know yeah this has nothing to do with coaching this is like you're you're making them learn like hey 
like like reflecting on their marriage or like their, yeah i'm their, like dude you need to really think about this because look even if you go down this path mm-hmm. we're gonna now go buy houses we're gonna take on yeah, debt yeah. like you're gonna hire people mm-hmm. this is uh there's gonna yeah. be more decisions other than this so you yeah. need to make sure you're on the same page mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. how these decisions are going to be made because at the end of the day you know look if she's the one who truly is running the show and you know you need her permission for everything yeah it's just it's going to be tough to get far. Yeah. yeah, And that is what it is. And you know, women might be watching this saying, well, that's not fair. Like it should be equal. It's not life ain't equal guys. I don't know what to tell you. You know, like my wife and I do not agree on each decision we both make. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But we do know at the end of the day, at least from the Christian perspective, the man is the leader of the household. And so we will always default to that because we always default to what faith tells us to default to. And, um, you know, I think at this point too, track record and experience yeah, shows yeah. that, you know what, like, and, and at this point it's a little different, yeah, but like yeah. even early on in our marriage, yeah, she was always still supportive and trusting, even if she disagreed. And that's why, you know, I'm so grateful to have her as a partner because mm-hmm. there are other people who have wives who don't do that. Right. Yeah. If they disagree, nothing happens. I think that that's like a big point. I think that people don't realize is like, you're, your support and agreement at home makes a big difference on how far you can Dude, go. I mean, like the, so much. Just like when you have strife at home, like you can't like I can't think straight. There's just a whole bunch of things that like it screws up your business. And like we're human beings as a whole, right? So like our personal lives are like a complete like um they're not separated from our business lives. And so I know when I see whenever I have like a like big issues with me and my wife, like it definitely brings it into the business whether I want to or not. Oh, hundred percent. Right? So, but I'm like, I'm very grateful that I have an awesome, amazing wife. Thank you, honey. Like super appreciate. And obviously your wife so, has supported yeah. you, you know, going um and starting businesses yeah, and quitting yeah, your job yeah. and buying coaching. Like so in the very beginning, yeah. she was like very hesitant just because like I didn't do it before. Right? I didn't have any track record. Well, but, and your attitude was that so, too. Mm-hmm. Right. That's true. Yeah. Because when your attitude is, hey, we don't need to do this. Yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden you're like, hey, we need to do. That's a shift mm-hmm. for her to be like, yeah, yeah. well, wait a minute, dude. You've been telling me for years. Yeah. We don't yeah, need this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like it does take time for, mm-hmm. you know, new ways of thinking yeah. to come in. Whenever you bring a new idea, it's she needs to see or they need to kind of see like the the thought process behind it and understand like how you got to that point too. Right? Yeah. And so. I've had to do that with many, many times mm-hmm. where I'm like, hey, so I know what I've said before up to this point mm-hmm. was this, but now I believe this. Mm-hmm. And here's mm-hmm. why. And you know, I know it's like weird or yeah. whatever, but this is why I believe what I believe now. And sometimes when we have arguments, I like I Someone like shared this with me. I don't remember who it was, but it's like we both are like very reasonable people. And so like given the same information, we'll probably come to the same conclusion. Yeah. But we're probably looking from different like information sources or we have a different like um like values or things that like we that we're we're interpreting. So basically our information is different. So where is the disconnect in our information and why are we disagreeing on this? So, yeah. I think for us, we now at this point, 10 years in mm-hmm. with where we're at, right? So it's like I was saying this before, okay, because I've had success with these decisions I've yeah, made, uh-huh, uh-huh. even when she was resistant initially, mm-hmm. she always supported it. And now mm-hmm. support comes easy. Mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Ryan, you want to do that? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah. Like, you do you. So now there's never really disagreement. Mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of one disagreement we've had in years in terms of um, business or money or yeah, anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. But um, that took time yeah. to build to that point. Yeah. And if you've been a, I call them slapdicks, if you've been an idiot 
you know, as a man up to this point, you make bad decisions (laughs) that just never work out. Well, yeah, I think your wife's using a good level of discernment (laughs) to be like, yo, I don't think you should do that. (laughs) So it it goes both ways. But um, yeah, anyway, so that that those are some objections back to the sales process. That was a whole different tangent. But yeah, basically you handle objections. And Mm. what I would say is my philosophy, the last step of sales is like, and uh, we, you know, we can go way more in depth on each thing, but like <clears throat> the general broad view of, of handling a, any kind of appointment or sales call at the end, look, I'm not a follow-up guy, never have been, never will be. I'm like, we're getting this done or we're not. Okay. And whatever way I've been speaking to them to that point clearly isn't working. And so I basically do what I call is throw the Hail Mary. And for instance, right. We're not even talking about tonality and all those okay, things, right? Okay. But you know, assuming and during this these question finding things, we're 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 matching their tonality yeah, and like okay. you know we're we're creating also things to relate to, right? So you know, during questions, if we were to go deeper into it, I would talk about um, finding things that um, commonality between okay, you, right? Okay. Oh, you're married. Yeah, I'm married. How long have you been married? Okay, cool. You know, all these things, um, and then during those questions too. You want to start asking things that you know are going to be objections so they cannot become objections later. So you do, what, what stage are you doing this? This is early on when I'm okay. fact finding. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I didn't have time to go through mm-hmm. all of them. But like during the fact finding stage, if you start asking questions, you know, are going to be problems. Mm-hmm. They cannot use those as objections later I see. Yeah. because you're already addressing them. So, mm-hmm. for instance, let's just say the wife thing again, since we were talking about that, it's like. You know, while you're, okay, hey, you know, are you married? Is your spouse involved mm-hmm. in the business? Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. Or she's, yeah, I'm married, but no, mm-hmm. like it, this is just going to be me. Okay, great. So, you know, you're the decision maker when it comes to this real estate business. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unknowingly, yeah. they cannot now use that objection yeah. Yeah. down the road. Mm-hmm. You just mm-hmm. told me you're the guy. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. So now you'd be breaking from what you just said. So it's learning to ask questions and already handle the objections that you know will come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you yeah, can ask yeah. the objection of, so how much money do you have to invest in real yeah, estate? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can't now tell me you don't have the money. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, just heard yeah. you say you have the money. Yeah. So that's, those are other skilled things later on, but down the road. Okay. We get all the way to, all right, you've handled every objection. Nothing's happening. I do what's called throw the Hail Mary. And so throwing the Hail Mary is simple. It's like, you know, if we've been buddy, buddy and like, you know, just vibing, okay. right? I would do the exact opposite and just flip the script. Okay. So, you know, let's just say, um, for instance, yeah, I'll use an extreme example to illustrate. Let's say someone and I, like I'm talking to a very like intense, passionate, emotional okay. person. Okay. Right. And so I'm like getting there with them too. Right. I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do this. You know, whatever. Right. Yeah, He's like, yeah, yeah. bro, I just don't know. And you know, whatever. Right. So I would flip the script and I would go ultra like soft and reserved and pulling back. I'd be like, hey, can I actually get real with you for a second? You know, look, you know, and then I would just I I would talk to them in that way. Like, I know this is a big decision and I know like you got a lot of fear whether you're willing to admit it or not. But I really believe this can change your life. Now, you know, I would keep going, but the point is before I was like high energy, 
whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to try like a last resort. It's like resort. a pattern interrupt kind of thing. Yeah. And because whatever I'm doing is not working, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I would do the opposite too. If I'm being super nice and super friendly with somebody and they're still not you know, doing it, I would do the opposite and I would get, I don't want to say mean, yeah. but I would get like- More aggressive. Aggressive. Like aggressive. I'd be like, bro, how long did you tell me you want to do this? And they're like, oh, dude, for years. Yeah. You know what, man? I'm just going to sign you up. Like, let's go. Yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not going to do this anymore, bro. Mm-hmm. Like we've been buddy, buddy. I already know what you're going to do. You're going to keep procrastinating with the same old crap. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And that's how I would close that person. I would just flip the script. That's super interesting. I've never heard somebody talk about that before. The Herrmeyer. Yeah. Like I said, like I have sales philosophies mm-hmm. that I've never documented. Yeah. But internally, subconsciously, you've been doing them. I've, I've just, I've just tried them and done them. Mm-hmm. And I've realized like, all right, dude, this is going nowhere. I'm not following up. This dude, like I've done everything right to this point. Mm-hmm, it's time mm-hmm. to try the opposite as a last second resort. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. Cause I'm like burning the bridge, dude. I'm be like, Daniel, look, bro, I think you're a great dude. I'm not going to lie to you, but I think you're soft. I, I think you're scared. And I think you're, you know, X, Y, Z. You can choose to be that way and you'll be successful. Don't worry. Like no one will know, but you and I, but at the end of the day, if you actually want to level up and be with the big boys, you got to pay big boy money. Mm-hmm. That's what it takes. And so I got a bunch of other calls today. This last spot is going to get filled up. It's up to you whether or not you want to do it. I don't really care. My life's not going to change one way or the other. Ball's in your court, man. Do you want to do this or not? If not, I'm not going to follow up just to tell you. Yeah, I'm going on. I've got other people. Mm-hmm. So you need to tell me. And so like that's flipping yeah, the script. Yeah, like yeah, we were yeah, buddies yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden now I'm just yeah. going in on you. No, I mean, that's, that's super interesting. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, I've never heard anybody like talk about that or like, like share that tactic before. It's super interesting. Yeah. So I don't even know what led us to that point, but, um, <laughs> I think, you know, the point is those are the things I have to now pull from my brain from just years of sales and negotiating and different tactics and things. And, you know, it all goes back to, I used to, and this is, used to be my belief. I was like, dude, sales is like manipulative. And, you know, you got people who uh, probably shouldn't be buying these because you hear yeah, these stories. Yeah, and yeah, like, I think yeah. bigger pockets and stuff put that in our brain yeah, of like yeah. all of these um, education companies and things that. Uh, and to be honest with you, I feel like there are certain, like, I guess, education courses or things where there is like very little value and it is manipulative and you have to yeah. sell it because there isn't like a whole lot of value. Correct. And so even like, even as a flipper or like a people who buy houses, I think there's some guys who like, they do things like the wrong way. Right. But if you really are providing a service or doing things the right way, that's how you can have the conviction or do it. Like, uh, it comes across very differently, but I, and I, but basically it's, uh, long story short, there's, there is ones where like you're selling snake oil and there's ones yeah. where you're not, but then when you're selling it correctly, there, you're really adding value to the person and you're just trying to unlock their perspective so they can see the value that they're getting, right? It's, yeah. It's always an exchange of value. So. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like it all goes back. And that's what I'm saying. Like I mm-hmm. used to think that because yeah. that was what I was always told. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, I don't want to be one of these salesy gurus. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that, well, number one, everything sales, Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. No one needs anything, mm-hmm. right? You don't need the shoes you bought, the car you yeah, drive. Yeah, yeah. Everybody makes choices in life yeah. and they're being sold on the decisions yeah, they make. Yeah, yeah, 100% true. You don't need to eat organic or vegan. You don't need to 
live in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. You could live in the Midwest and 50,000 are in Indianapolis. Why don't you do it? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if everything was just about, hey, this is what's best for them. No, people buy what mm -hmm. they want. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. So it's a reframe of, bro, no. There are no necessities yeah, in yeah. life. It's all perception, right? It's yeah. like what the the actual thing and the perceived the perceived value is. If you're getting the if you perceive it to be value, is value. And so, like a lot of times, I think it's like it's maybe not valuable to you, but to the other person, it is value. Then it actually is value too. So, hundred percent. And you know, once you realize that, that like, okay, well, everything has value. It's mm -hmm, just mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. does this person, you know, you're talking to actually can yeah, they value yeah. from it, right? But then it goes back to why I, I just finally realized, like after teaching them how to sell, I was like, dude, it all goes back to product Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. got to believe in what they're selling. Yeah. If they yeah. don't, it will show through in conviction. It'll show through in them explaining why that person yeah, yeah. needs it. And they won't be able to, you know, like handle the objections in like a passionate way Yeah, yeah. because you know, for instance, just we were just both at WealthCon. We saw how many people's lives were changed from mm -hmm. the events and the people and the worship and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, I will literally sell anyone into WealthCon because mm -hmm. I believe in it. It's like your life's going to change. You need to get to this event. I think that's why like, right? if you were to bring us into like a sales room of, of students, like we might be the best sales people oh, because no, you guys are. That was a we, great idea you had. I mean, like we I mean, we really believe in the product because we've seen how it changed our lives. Right. And so just like we're like the, the best customers or, or your raving fans are probably your best sales guys because they're with conviction, conviction, conviction can say like this worked for me and I think it can work for you. too. Well, that's right? why Brian so. Davila ended up mm -hmm. the first guy because mm -hmm. that was him. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, we are going to do that next wealth model. We're going to allow the student to sell. But even like to speak of conviction, like I think some of the best speakers on stage, like all the guys who are really good, they really believe in what they say and what they have to offer. And I think sometimes you get guys who are maybe they're just like, they're maybe like teaching things, but like they're not like super like passionate about what they're teaching versus other guys are teaching the exact same thing, but they're just really passionate about that. And then it really comes across on stage as far as like their performance or just, it's like the little subtle things where just, I mean, like Thatch is just like a... Like, I mean, he believes in like the, in like the rentals, right? Like so other guys are like, Hey, like rentals are not good at this point in time, but just whatever you believe with like all your heart, when you like give a presentation or share it on stage, it like, it bleeds through. So, oh, it hundred percent shows through. So yeah, that's why it, it finally clicked for me. I was like, mm -hmm. I could teach him like all the tactical things mm -hmm. of how to mm -hmm. flow through a negotiation. Yeah, yeah. But if they don't have belief and passion in the pro the product, because they just, have not been trained on it enough. They don't know. Yeah, like yeah. that becomes the problem. And so, um, you know, it goes back to the point of, dude, I have a choice. Okay. Somebody hops on, they want to learn real estate. We got one shot to help them out. Right. If they don't buy with us, then what happens? Well, there's like a number of different possibilities. Mm -hmm. They keep on with the same crappy life they've always had. That ain't good for them or us. They choose another program, which might be snake oil. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if you believe you have the best product and program, then everything else is inferior and therefore a worse deal. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you should have conviction that, hey, this is where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they, you know, do it without you and then whatever. They just waste time. They lose money. They whatever. Right. Like, so mm -hmm. in all scenarios, as, as long as you believe in the product, them not buying is actually bad for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you believe in the product. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I've just realized that that's the most important thing in life. And, you know, this is also important too. And, 
you know, this is like a lesson for you as well for your employees. It's like, yo, if you believe that this is the best place to work, mm-hmm. you know, you need to do everything in your power to convey that message to employees and recruits and online yeah. social yeah. media and stuff, because that's going to bring people who believe in the message. And it's like, guys, this is the best place. This is where we're going. You guys can be a part of it. And um, it all shines through. And if they don't, it's like, bro, you missed out. You could have been here doing this and that but it's all sales everything reverts back to sales recruiting products um social media selling like hey watch the rest of this video yeah yeah like everything is sales so that's crazy man what's your final thoughts for people who are um you know doesn't even have to be a wealthy investor but just like on the fence of being coached and you know what would you say to them I think honestly, like the, there's some people who are just like not good candidates for being coached. And I think, like you said, like if they're not humble, they're not willing to kind of like be receptive or they're not going to apply it. There's almost like a waste of their money. But if you're willing to apply and actually take action with what you're receiving, I think it's like the way to kind of supercharge your growth. And so I think the big thing, but the big thing is like, if you think coaching is going to be a magic pill to just kind of get you to the next thing by just like plopping down, like however much it is, I think it's like, you're actually a bad fit to coaching. Just just save your money, you know, but if you think, but if you're like really going to take action, you're really going to apply what you're learning or be humble to receive it. I think like coaching is like the the best way to kind of like get you to your goals faster or even hit goals that you you thought might might not even be like on your radar or possible at this point in time. So no, I a hundred percent agree. So what are your next big goals? So people know and how can they support you? Um, right now we're just trying to get our flipping business to like the next level. I think after I have a few calls with you or a few like sessions with you, we have a, we have a game plan. We're going to be starting a, a monthly meetup in Hawaii and just trying to add as much value and basically blow that up to like be the best meetup in Hawaii. So we'll see how far we can go. But I think we have like a lot of great ideas just from like talking with you, with your team and kind of like game planning this whole thing. And so just big meetup, a little bit more of like our get our podcast and like reels a little bit more up and running, I think better. But basically the two big things is our flipping company do a, like be a, get a better job and just everything we do over there. And then also like start a monthly meetup where we can eventually hold like a little mini wealth con in Hawaii. There we go. Don't make it a little mini. <laughs> just do it. You know, it'll, I mean, whatever. It's going to start as a meetup. Then it's mm-hmm. going to become a mastermind. Then it's yeah, going to become yeah. a, you know, full on event workshop, and then it can be a whole conference. It's kind of like what we did. Yeah. No, I mean, just basically like riding on your pigtails as far as just, just what you guys have done and just kind of like, um, what you guys kind of paved the way for us. And so we're kind of like just following your footsteps to kind of make the, do something very similar, but just kind of do like our own flavor. Yeah. No, I love it, bro. And I love, um, like I said, just your willingness to be coached, your willingness to always help out and learn. Um, a lot of people don't know this about you, so I'll say it. You know, you brought your entire team to WealthCon, you mm-hmm. know, to give them a good time in Vegas and reward them for a good year and everything. And not a lot of guys do that. You know, you literally fly from Hawaii, you know, for these one-on-one sessions to be in person. We could easily do them over Zoom, yet you spend the time, the money and everything else to come here and to make it happen. And, uh, you know, you're always bringing the Hawaiian chocolates and gifts <laughs> like, dude, uh, just everything you're doing, man. Like, um, I, I want you to know, and I want people to know that like your heart's in the right place. Um, you know, there's not that many people that I would like stand up here and vouch for and be like, Hey, you need to do business with this guy, you know? Um, but I can confidently say like, if anyone's in Hawaii, 
They should want to work for you. They should want to lend to you. They should want to come to your meetup and be a part of what you're building because, um, I mean, I can just see it firsthand how you treat people. Thank you. That that really means a lot. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. You should just clip this for a testimonial. Just thank put you. it on, you know, everything you got. No, thank you. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. I, I think we might do that. So there you go. I'll give your editor an easy clip. But uh, no, anyways, guys, I'm going to link to Daniel's stuff down below, Instagram, everything else. Uh, you want to connect with him, do it. And uh, make sure to subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. There's winners and losers. There's no in between. No. But people don't get it. If you think the price of winning is too high, wait till you get the bill for regret. And that bill is generational. And a lot of individuals are passing that bill on from one generation to the next, to the next, to the next. There's a